0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. I wish I had some audio to play for you today. It's been so hectic this afternoon. I haven't had a chance to put anything like that together. That takes some some time, and I just have not had it. Uh, There's been a lot that's gone down today here in Keene, New Hampshire. I realize there's been a lot of news out of Keene within the last couple of weeks, but there's been a lot of news out of Keene, and we've been involved in it. So, of course, you guys are still welcome to call in about what you want at 800-259-9231. But otherwise, I'm going to kind of just clue you in to what went down today, and it had absolutely nothing to do with the, uh, the now well over a week and a half length uh, protest, no, I guess protest is not the right word, celebrations, the, uh, the 420 cannabis celebrations that have been going on here in Keene on a daily basis. What happened today had nothing to do with that, it was all over and done with, I think w- about an hour before uh, the 420 thing happened, and of course the 420 thing went down and was fine, no one was arrested there. But there was an arrest earlier in the day, and that was uh, the arrest of Kurt Hoffman. We've talked about Kurt in the past. He was arrested prior, previously, for rolling through a stop sign and not coming to a complete stop. Now, most people aren't arrested for that particular crime, uh, but he was arrested because when the cop approached the car, he did not hand over a license or registration, and that's the reason why he was arrested. Uh, he was also arrested for disorderly conduct, so-called. The day that you were uh, were being taken away in handcuffs, Sam is with us here from ObscuredTruth.com. Mark here, of course, as well. But the the day you were arrested in the Keene Court lobby for recording on your video camera in a public place, it was Kurt. He was one of the six people that stayed there to care about you, to show you that uh, because that you'd been dragged off screaming as they were harming you into another room. They had heard you screaming and they wanted to uh, stay there to monitor to make sure that you were going to be okay since they weren't allowed into the room to actually stand there physically and uh, and monitor the situation. But they were ordered out. They refused to leave at that point and all six of them were arrested. At this point, five of the six have gone through trial. One of them ended up going to jail. The charges were dropped on some others. The other one was found. What happened with Nick? Was his not guilty?
1: Not guilty. Yes.
0: Found, Found not guilty. So there are all kinds of results. Even though all six were charged with the same crime for doing the exact same thing mm-hmm. the results were completely different in most of their cases in kurt's case that's why he was here today at Keene district court for a trial based on that disorderly conduct charge which came what that was back in april i think mid-april when that happened so it was the disorderly conduct charge so-called which is just one of their favorites they'll hit you with that any old time they want to and then there was the uh, the rolling through the stop sign and the no driver's license slash registration thing that's why he was in court today now, this is the same judge, Judge Burke, who um, who put you in jail, in jail uh, Kurt, or uh, Sam. Sam, whoever you are, <laughs> Sam, Kurt. Uh, and we're all part of this wonderful movement up here called the Free State Project. We'll tell you more about that in a moment. But the same judge who put me in a jail cell, the same judge who is, uh, has lost his mind on video, ta- uh, video camera, which you can see that footage over at the Free Keen YouTube channel, he was pretty frustrated today. Uh, I I arrived at the courtroom a little bit late, so I didn't get to see the entire proceedings, and I didn't notice that anybody was recording the entire proceedings, so I don't know if they will be available. I did bring my audio recorder, and I did begin recording, so hopefully I caught some audio of the proceedings, but it's hard to hear what the judge says from, or the man in the robe, rather, from as far back as as I was sitting. I was in the first row, so I was as close as I could be, but... You know, I don't, I'm not sure how it turned out, but basically what was happening was Kurt was essentially having to, attempting to have a conversation with uh, Edward Burke, the man in the robe, and uh, Burke doesn't, doesn't like that very much.
1: No, he, a lot of times he'll just get up and leave the room if you don't, <laughs> if you don't want to answer exactly what he says or if right. you don't understand it and want to ask him a question.
0: Right. And Kurt didn't understand. And he did want to ask questions. He wanted normally when you're in the possession of these people calling themselves government, the enforcers and the court people, they'll ask you things like, do you understand? And Kurt was saying he didn't understand. But that's apparently not acceptable to this uh, man in the robe, <laughs> as it was not when I was, by, I was back in the secret chamber when they arrested me for contempt of court. And I told him that I didn't understand their system and I didn't understand their rules. And I don't. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not trained in this stuff. I don't understand. And so that's what Kurt was telling him today. And the judge basically just you know said, well, I don't care. You're under arrest for contempt of
2: court. 180 now, days phew. in jail. That's crazy. Um, now, my question is this, Ian. What if um, like what if you happen to be uh, the judge here? You were slated to do that, and, and the defendant just kept on saying, I don't understand. I mean, are you going to say, oh, well, I guess they don't understand our court <laughs> procedures. I'm going to have to let them go. I mean, it, it isn't a magic well, cure-all, right? I would hope
0: that I, as a judge, I would only be hearing cases that have victims.
2: You could choose to do that. And I would, yeah. I would support you in choosing to do that. I'm just wondering, suppose you get a raving madman <laughs> killer in front of you, but he s- keeps on saying the magic words, I don't understand. No, I'm sorry, Your Honor. I don't, I'm not a lawyer. I don't understand. No, what do you mean by person? Um, what do you mean by possession, uh, whatever, whatever these terminologies are. It's my understanding
0: are. that it's the judge's role to uh, help walk people through this process. Sure, They're but forcing what if they keep it?
2: on claiming they don't understand? Oh,
1: uh, Maybe they don't understand because the judges have taken and created this alternate language called legalese, Mark, mm-hmm. And, you know, hey, is he to blame because these people have usurped the language right out from under him and are using it against him? Look, ma- Shouldn't they have to answer these questions? Or should it just be that you go in there and hear a bunch of words that you think you may have an idea of what's going on, but you have no clue? I and agree. And they are tricking you. They are they are shysters who are trying to cheat you out of your time and your money and just railroad you right through the
2: process. Now, shut up and do what we tell you. I cannot disagree with that. That's absolutely what appears to be happening. However. At the same time, there's got to be a point where you stop explaining to the defendant what's going on, right? I mean – Yeah, I see where you're coming from, Mark, in that if
0: you actually had a case with a victim, like some murderer or something like that, who was claiming he didn't understand. I'm not saying
3: that
2: Kurt's guilty of doing anything here. He he appears to have been guilty of no more than sticking around and waiting to see what happened with his friend.
0: I see where where you're coming from on that. And I think that when it it comes to somebody who's been violent in that particular case, I still believe that the judge should take the time to explain the proceedings. That was not done. uh, That is not done uh, in these courtrooms. They just... Railroad you right through. And then once the proceedings have been explained, presuming you're talking in the same language and the person is, is cognizant of what you're saying. And you don't need to talk in the same language. You just need to warm a jail cell. <laughs> I, I, I don't have a good answer for you there, Mark. I'm just telling you that this judge made no effort. Uh, I understand. To, to Likely
2: what he's feeling. Um, and, you know, judges are human, too. Likely what he's feeling is that he's, uh, he's dealing with a, a unified front. So he's been dealing with these liberty activists all along. He's not looking at them as individuals. He's looking at them as a combined group of people that are out to get him. And well, I don't know about no, that because I think he treats them differently. It's the other way around, too.
1: When I was doing some volunteer work, I happened to run into somebody who's a personal friend of Edward Burke. Mm-hmm. And when I told this person about the arrest shortly leaving trial for a suspended driver's license that they didn't bother to tell me about, she's, the, the person said, uh, is, that, is that Burke that did that? And I said, yeah. And this person goes, oh, yeah, he likes to do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's Burke. So
0: so Kurt was uh, arrested 180 days in the, as we're calling it now, the Westmoreland Spiritual Retreat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) For peace and solitude and solidarity. Wonderful place. You did have a spiritual experience. It was very very enlightening. Uh,
0: So, yeah, so 180 days. Surrounded by madmen. That's Six months. Six months. In jail, because he talked he talked out of turn. I mean, essentially what happened was, same thing that happened to me. I went in on the uh, the arraignment date, and I talked out of turn, and that pissed off uh, the, the man in the robe. And then when I came back in for the trial, they knew to expect something similar out of me. They were ready to have me arrested right off the bat. Kurt lasted a, lo- a little longer than I did. I went through about two words before I was arrested. Kurt went through, it was... Somewhat lengthier, and I guess as a result of it being lengthier, he decided to get a give him a lengthier pr- uh, prison sentence.
1: Now Kurt's a little more aggressive. I think it's fair to point that out. Oh yes, I, I he's a yes. little more argumentative. It's harder for him to stay calm while interacting with these guys because he gets upset at what they're doing, sure. and you know it's hard for him to handle that.
0: So uh, so he was arrested. We've got the video up at that point. At that point, uh, the judge left the room. I pulled out the BlackBerry and started recording. That is online at freekeen.com. You can see what happened there. But there's more to the story than that. Sam, you arrived shortly after Kurt's arrest. And then we found out that EMS workers are apparently now enforcers. We'll explain to you what they were enforcing
2: here in a moment. Because Kurt was attacked. That's why EMS was called out. Hey, podcasters. FTL has a new advertiser with a somewhat unusual arrangement. They're paying us for people that... Fill out their online form for inspections for their basements. You won't believe how affordable a dry, usable basement can be, and FTL gets fifty bucks for everyone that fills out the online form at basement.freetalklive.com. Five hundred bucks off, a lifetime warranty, and a free water watch alarm. Just go to basement.freetalklive.com, click on free inspection and estimate in the upper right hand corner, fill out the online form, earn FTL fifty bucks. This is Free Talk
0: Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing the toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI 800-259-9231. Again, 1-800-259-9231. Our, our uh, website, by the way, is totally free for you. You can head on over and enjoy it, including the chat room at chat.freetalklive.com. It's open 24 hours a day. Best time to find people, though, is, of course, during the live program hours at, again, chat. FreeTalkLive.com. And we invite you to take the StartPage.com 7-Day Challenge. For 7 days, use StartPage.com instead of your big brother search engine and experience the difference. You'll get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines. And unlike your old search engine, you'll have complete privacy in your search. Start the 7-Day Challenge today at StartPage.com. As we continue to bring you the story of what went down today here in Keene, New Hampshire, as one activist was sentenced to 180 days in jail, 180 days in a cage because he dared talk back to a judge, because he dared ask questions of a judge, because he dared to say to the judge that no, he didn't understand what the judge was telling him. That's what happened today. He was arrested. He was, everyone else was uh, thrown out of the courtroom, was ordered out as he was being arrested, but uh, they decided, I kind of stood my ground on that, and they decided to allow one person to stay. His wife, Auburn, was there uh, in, the, in the room, and obviously I thought she should be the one to stay, but she asked me to stay, and I said, well, guys, uh, she's asking me to stay, so I stayed, and they kind of allowed that to happen at that point, so I was, oh, I'm sorry,
1: Sam, you are, uh, you're over there. Okay, and this is still in the courtroom at this point? Still in the courtroom. Okay.
0: So I'm there with my BlackBerry, and this video is up at freekeen.com right now. But I'm there with the BlackBerry, recording Curtis. He's on the uh, the floor. They're trying to, to lift him up, and then they, they put him in a chair, and they, they wheel him over. And eventually they demand that I go away, and they won't let me in this back secret room. They're going to let Auburn in, though, to the, to the back room. So I hand her the camera so she can walk uh, back there with the camera. Then they decide they don't want to allow her back there if she's going to have the camera. So the camera is returned to me. At that point, I'm outside the the door listening in with the with the rest of the activists. Where not too long after that, were you there for the screaming, Sam?
1: I, I heard. I got there and I arrived in and got into one of the back lobbies that's just on the other side of the door mm-hmm. to the back door to that conference room, which is the same place they dragged me into. Right. And and proceeded to hurt me pretty bad. Um. So I heard some of the screaming. I wasn't there in time for the the fall that happened. So I'll let you tell them. So that you happened. didn't
0: hear when uh, both Kurt and Auburn were screaming from inside the room. No, it was absolutely horrific. Uh, no one saw what was going on. But after later on, I talked with Auburn and asked her what she had experienced, and she was in there while her husband Kurt was handcuffed. So he's not a a violent guy. Kurt is you know boisterous. Yeah, he's loud. But he's not going to lash out. He's not going to hit a police officer or anything like that. Plus, he was handcuffed. And so he was sitting
2: down against the wall. I think that the the handcuff... uh, Kurt's got a big mouth. Um, There's no doubt about it. And he's big. He's a big guy. He's not a a small man, that's for sure. Um, But he's handcuffed. And I think that that's the biggest issue. Right. He was handcuffed and
0: sitting down, apparently, at first, when... uh, Eli Rivera, who's the Keene police
1: prosecutor, decided to apparently tackle him. Uh, I'm, I don't, don't remember the exact story. Yeah, so what I, what I understand is that he was trying to t- take the handcuffs um, under his legs and go through them so that he could give Auburn a hug. Right, because he wasn't going to see her for 180 days. And then Rivera stepped in to do something, and he ended up landing on his head. Solely on his head and, and twisting it in a weird angle. Gosh. Yeah, th-
0: there were two. I, my rec- recollection is there were two hits. Uh, there was the first one, and then there was a second hit later that came from uh, Eli Rivera. Wow. And it, it knocked him, as you said, on his neck, and uh, it essentially incapacitated him. They had to call the uh, the EMS workers in. They brought the stretcher up, loaded him on it, and took him out. Now, getting footage of them taking him out in the stretcher was a whole other story, and this is where the story gets – this is what I learned today. What I learned today is that apparently EMS workers aren't just the helpful folks you might think they are. EMS workers are actually enforcers now of something called HIPAA. Now, we've mentioned, I think, HIPAA in the past. It's just another – big piece of federal legislation right that... it's
2: it's difficult it's difficult to even explain to people apparently it's all about uh you know patient privacy but there are thousands of pages to HIPAA it's literally a set of regulations that stands nine inches tall yes nobody knows this stuff perhaps some lawyers somewhere know this but um nobody can possibly know what HIPAA says so if I say to you that HIPAA says that uh, the federal government has the right to your um, to your one of your kidneys if if uh if so uh, you know if if, the, if I decide that well, then, yeah, then what are you going to do about it because there's nobody there 's nobody there to uh, to say right, yep, right here, right in the HIPAA document, not that that matters, not that the the federal government should be able to say that,
0: so they brought up sheriffs with them, uh, so there was already the court bailiffs that were doing their security thing and not allowing anybody in to witness what was happening to Kurt. And they brought up uh, sheriffs with the EMS workers who then attempted to clear out the lobby and clear out the area so nobody could record what was going on. Now, Kurt had said things from inside the room earlier to the effect of, I want you in here. He wants us – we know, Kurt. He wants us to record this stuff. He wants this to be documented. And of course, they wouldn't allow us in there, and then they wouldn't allow us anywhere near him if they could prevent us from getting near him while he was being loaded onto the stretcher and the stretcher being removed from the area. And they kept citing this HIPAA thing. Oh well, HIPAA says you can't record patients. Well, we, he wants us to record him. Well, HIPAA this, HIPAA that, and uh, so they actually at one point kidnapped us, and or at least what appeared to be kidnapping because we didn't know there was another way out of this particular area. We were in one other, uh, in one of the side rooms. And they were taking him out in a different room that was adjacent to it. We attempted to go out into that room, and there was a man, uh, one of the sheriffs, standing in front of the door, physically blocking us from opening it.
1: Well, and before that, they told me that it, it was unlawful for me to be there anymore. And I'm not even in the lobby of the courthouse. This is an, another the area, government offices, off of the lobby, in yeah, the city council right. offices and so forth in the hallway. Yep. So the, the, this f- whole ban on cameras and so forth, it, it's not based in law. It's just no, it's whatever arbitrary. they need to cover up, you know, what they've done. Right, because we've to, had
0: cameras there before. We've been in that very same hallway. It's the yep. same hallway where we had a confrontation with one of the city councilors. slack, yeah. So, so it's, they just really,
2: what, what's happening here is people are, uh, you know, they're imbued with power, whether they're through elect, um, elected or, or just hired on or appointed or whatever. Yeah, they got a badge and, and gun. at that point, they begin to make up rules. Yeah. Yep. That's the kind of government that we have. And that's do right. not fool yourself for a moment. That's what goes on in your town, too. They did well, yeah. not
1: want anybody seeing the faces of the people who came out of that room. They were just simply protecting whoever was in there and, and whatever they were doing.
0: Right. They weren't protecting Kurt because he wanted us there. Yeah. So then they, they pull it. They uh, And by the way, there's footage of us confronting the sheriffs in the uh, the court lobby. ...about this particular issue. That's also at freekeen.com right now. Then we go downstairs, because they trapped us in that room. We found another exit out. We go downstairs and outside, found the ambulance. Now, of course, they're going to have to take him from the building to the ambulance. So now we're out in public. We're not even in the government's public area, you know, in their offices. We're outdoors now, out in front of the, the city building in downtown Keene, New Hampshire. And uh, it continues. The uh, The camera crackdown continues... One of the EMS thugs, I didn't think I'd ever call an EMS worker a thug, because I always thought EMS workers were people that were out trying to help people. This guy was focused more on camera enforcement than he was on taking care of his patient. The man stole my BlackBerry out of my hands. And I've got the footage of it. It's Free Talk Live.
4: Gun Day, Gun Day, Gun Day. Three days to exercise your Second Amendment rights for only $10 per person. October 9th, 10th, and 11th at Knob Creek Gun Range. The world's largest machine gun shooting military gun show is fun for the whole family. With machine guns and flamethrowers for rent, helicopter rides, and over 800 tables showcasing handguns, rifles, shotguns, and more. Opens at 9 a.m. Call 502-922-4457 or visit knobcreekrange.com. That's K-N-O-B, creekrange.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. And uh, tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those, including our Facebook profile. Just head over to facebook.freetalklive.com, and you can become a fan there, as it is called. Go to
2: facebook.freetalklive.com. AudiblePodcast.com offers over 60,000 downloadable audiobooks, magazines, and radio shows for your iPod or MP3 player. You can try them out by downloading a free audiobook today at AudiblePodcast.com slash FTL. If you've been thinking about getting a new book, you can try that, that page, and it's likely there. AudiblePodcast.com slash FTL. Get it free. All right. So we're going to get to your phone calls here shortly. Just want to wrap up the story of the
0: events here today in Keene, New Hampshire, as one activist was arrested and jailed for 180 days on a contempt of court charge. Just one contempt of court charge. So I'm not sure what the rules are with contempt of court. It's my understanding that it's essentially a power the judge has. He doesn't have to hold a trial for you. He can just... You've got contempt of court. And then he can make up a a number between 1 and 180, and he can put you in a cage for that amount of days. Now, what I'm not clear on is whether or not he can say, bing, bing, two contempt of court charges, two times 180. I'm not sure if it's you can only have 180 days at any given time for contempt of court, or if he can just hit you with as many contempt of court charges at as many days as he wants. Probably the latter, because I've heard of people staying in jail for years for contempt of court.
2: and, And probably he could just bring you in and say... Okay, and he like pr- pr- pretend to have some sort of proceeding again to see if he'll kiss his button. If you don't, he'll give you another contempt of court. So he can, uh, if maybe he can't do them all in one sitting, but he could probably do them. Uh, you know, con- continue it on. So, uh,
0: so we'll get right back to Kurt's story. But later on, we found out the EMS workers are also now enforcers, and according to uh, to Alex who is an EMS worker, he says that the HIPAA regulations have allowed half of the EMS workers to use them as an excuse for their power hunger, and the other half are afraid of the HIPAA laws, so they're acting out of fear. So you still have the good EMS workers who are frightened to death, and then the other ones who are now using it to become police
1: yeah now I was filming this this e m s worker that took the phone out of the your thug hand. who
0: walked up to me, wrenched the phone from my hand he didn 't just take it he it, it hurt a little bit when the way he grabbed my hand and the phone uh <laughs> snagged the phone, walked away, and apparently passed it off to one of his buddies. Then they both got in the uh, the ambulance
1: and disappeared with my phone yeah well, before that happened. I catch him out on the street putting a bag or something in the ambulance and as he's coming back he's telling me you can't film me there's HIPAA regulations that uh, pro- prohibit that and I'm You'll like,
0: get a penalty those, that's what he said uh, well HIPAA something regulations
1: like protect patient records and release of of information about patients there was no, there was nobody even outside. He was there by himself, and I was filming from yep. public property. He had no right to tell me that. Absolutely. He just decided to
2: use that as an excuse.
1: Yeah, and, and in the upstairs, when they tried to kick us out and tell us that we couldn't film, they just extended the the court lobby ban to uh, the adjacent hallways now. So they just make this s up as they go along.
0: All right, so let's go uh, because Kurt is still, and it's my understanding he was still in the hospital. Last I heard, a few hours ago, Auburn is with us, and she is Kurt's wife. Auburn in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live.
5: Hi, Ian. This is Auburn.
0: Hey, Auburn. Um,
5: I just wanted to um, call in and see. Um, I haven't been able to listen to what you've already discussed tonight, but um, we basically run through.
0: We basically run through our experience. Uh, but our experience compared to yours was limited because you were actually in the secret chamber with Kurt as right. the assault, the attack on him occurred, and you right. were there for that. Can you I, – I don't want to bring you to, you know, a, a place that will feel uncomfortable for you. So if you yeah. feel comfortable enough to talk about this, would you mind explaining for our audience exactly what you experienced in there? Okay,
5: sure. Yeah, I'm I'm still a bit frazzled by the whole event. Um, it was very scary um but i you know i i didn't want to go in there to begin with i was I was very upset and very nervous to start out with um and uh they they were letting me in, and uh they wouldn't let you in with the camera so nope. um and they wouldn't let me in with your camera so i was I was in there alone without any any witnesses, no camera with kurt um and i uh, you know we we talked a little bit um he he wanted to hug me he asked lance if he could um undo the handcuffs so that he could just hug his wife and and lance said no he couldn't do that and so i just he said i just you know i just really want to hug you and and so he uh, proceeded to put his arms uh his legs through his arms so that he could get his arms in front of him and he was seated uh, at this time and he was seated against the wall at this time mm-hmm. Um, right, trying to trying to get his arms in front of him. On the floor and or in a
1: chair? Yeah, on, the, on the floor. On the floor, on the floor.
5: Okay. against the wall. And and Lance called um, Rivera back into the room, and Rivera came in and, and just immediately started. There was a struggle, and he started kind of tackling him. And I was I moved out of the way, and I'm thinking I should open the door and try to see if somebody could come in with a camera to witness this because I didn't know – what was happening and i just wanted to get away from him and and i turned around and and um kurt um was um up on the other side of the wall and um rivera was behind him and there was a lot of commotion going on and yelling and and was kurt on his feet
0: by that point had he been pulled to his his
5: feet at that point um and and then i saw kurt um Falling over some chairs and landed on his head, oh, and,
0: gosh.
5: and that's when I screamed.
0: Now, was it Rivera um, that had uh, had caused him to the the police sergeant? Was it he who had caused him to fall over their, those chairs?
5: Well, yeah, he was right behind him, and whether he was pushing him or what, he was trying to get a hold of him, I believe. Um, and then I, you know, that's when Kurt
0: because um, he hadn't been had shackled. Has it had his feet been shackled at that point? And,
5: no, his feet were not shackled. Okay, at that
0: point. so then there would be no reason for Kurt to just fall over the chairs because he could still have his his footing. He could right. still have total control over his balance.
5: Right. So he would have um, had to have and been Rivera shoved. was right behind him, and um, then it, it was like, I, you know, he has was going through the air and landing on his oh my head. Oh gosh is what I witnessed, and that's when I screamed yeah. and uh, oh, ran hor- out of the room. It was horrible. And I said I needed help, and it was horrible, and I said, you know, somebody please call an ambulance. How,
1: do um, you know, how did it go from Kurt being on the floor to standing up? Did you catch that part?
5: It, it happened very fast. Okay. Um I I didn't, and I was I was too close, and I, I wanted to get out of the way, and I also wanted to get um, a camera in there, so I was attempting to go to the door. And then just, you know, by that point, I had turned around, and it was already, you know, Kurt was standing, Rivera was behind him, and and Kurt was flying through the air and landed on his head. So it happened all very quickly. Um,
0: Is Kurt, uh, what's the latest? I mean, we'd heard that uh, there were x-rays being done at the hospital.
5: um, They never did let me back to see him, um, and they never let the pastor back to see him either. But finally they did... um, come out and tell um call us back um call me back to tell me that um he had been escorted out the back by the police and he was fine um his test turned out okay um so they say and he didn't they hadn't given him anything for pain or or anything um i'm assuming that he um, probably denied pain medication cuz he probably did not want them giving him a shot right. of anything
0: so they've um, now so taken him out to the the county jail here in Cheshire County, and yep, he will correct. be there presumably for 180 days, which the trial hasn't even happened yet. So who knows correct. what's going to happen uh, with that? Uh, right. Where are you at with all this, uh, Auburn? Are people helping you out? I mean, there are certainly a number of activists around here, and and I'm I'm, 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 I'm I imagine they're stepping up. Uh, has that happened yet?
5: Um, Yes, I'm sitting here at a restaurant with um, four friends and activists, and uh, we we went out to the jail, and um, of course they didn't let us in, and um, we just said we were there to support Kurd, and we didn't see any other activists out there, but um, we're going to be making signs and uh, going out there.
0: How much, more diffi- how much more difficult would this be if you had? I mean, you guys are from Michigan, as I understand it. Uh, if you'd been in Michigan and something like this had had occurred, how, how more mm. how how difficult would this be for you?
5: Oh yeah, it it would definitely be very difficult. I I would have my family there, but I I wouldn't have the, um, supporters that understand that the system is corrupt and and know. Um, you know that well, that we're trying to do a good thing. I
0: consider you guys my chosen family uh, personally, and I'm glad you're right. here, Auburn. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate your story, and uh, please enjoy your evening at least as much as you can with your friends there. Thank you. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live.
4: The second annual Connecticut Liberty Forum is coming October 17th. Join Congresswoman Michelle Bachman, We the People Foundation founder Bob Schultz, author James Perloff, the Campaign for Liberty's Jim Azola, and more, discussing ways to protect our freedom. The Connecticut Liberty Forum, October 17th from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Sheraton Hotel in Windsor Locks. Visit NHELD.com for more information or call 860-354-3590. That's 860-354-3590. Yeah.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing toll free to 1 800 259 9231. That's the cycle CAI toll free line. 800 259 9231. Tonight it's Ian with you.
1: And Sam. And Mark.
0: And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features there and they are all completely free for you. So if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by becoming an amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show. Get on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom, because really, it's pretty urgent, this whole freedom thing really need to get it done. We need to move ahead and uh, get to freedom as soon as possible because things just keep getting worse out there. Now they've got EMS workers acting as enforcing agents uh, over people that have video cameras in their vicinity. It's, it's, it's crazy what's happening. Uh, so come on over to amp.freetalklive.com and help us get this show out into more ears. In fact, the reason I was late for Kurt's uh, trial today, it, actually, Kurt was a, a few minutes late, so I, I didn't feel too bad about it. But the reason I was late is I was getting ready to leave, and I got a phone call out of the blue from a brand-new radio station. So it's nice when
6: that happens.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to say where the station is uh, at this point because we don't have anything signed on the line yet. But thanks to the Free Talk Live amplifiers for making it possible to, to get this show out there. So become an amp over at amp.freetalklive.com.
2: Free Talk Live has teamed up with M&S Press to offer you the most complete, the only, excuse me, the only complete writings of Lysander Spooner. If you're interested in buying this very rare set, you already know who Lysander Spooner is and how influential he was in the liberty movement. Anarchist, philosopher, abolitionist, entrepreneur, and mailman. You can pr- purchase his 2,800-page, six-volume set, bound in library-quality hardcover, delivered to your door for $335. Just go to Spooner.Freetalklive.com. That's Spooner.Freetalklive.com. When you click on the buy thing there, you'll get a uh, you know basically a link to a an email address, and and you can correspond with the guy and and. Uh, He'll sell it to you for three hundred and thirty five dollars delivered.
0: All right, so we are gonna continue here. Take your phone calls about what you want. Let's talk to Gene, the Christian anarchist on the AMP line in Tennessee. Gene, you're on Free Talk Live.
7: Well hi guys. Hey. Actually Lysander Spooner was my wake up call back in the seventies.
0: Oh, ah, excellent.
7: Fantastic writer and a fantastic man.
0: So what did you want to share um, tonight?
7: Well, I wanna act like a racist again.
0: Oh. That's so gross. uh,
7: Well, you know what? We have some serious race issues in this planet, and it doesn't do any good to sweep them under the rug and hide them and to pretend that they don't exist. So it's my job tonight to bring out some observations that I've made as a Yankee living in the South. Now, uh, obviously, there's a lot of racial issues in the South. Not that there's not race issues elsewhere. But it seems like in the South it's a bit worse. And I'm going to lay some of the blame on the blacks. So this is going to make me really unpopular.
0: Yeah, I'm already not liking yes. this because you're putting people into groups and there are lots of people that are no. black.
7: But there it's are people to, that are in groups. It's not I, fair to lay,
0: lay blame on anybody who's black versus anybody who's white versus anybody who's uh, who's Asian because people are different. But go ahead, Gene.
7: Paint, paint with uh, the same brush. Go right ahead. <laughs> When when I group people into groups, it's on the average. It's not that there aren't exceptions because there are always exceptions to, to every group. However, you can't deny that groups do exist. And as groups, they need to realize how being in a group affects their behavior.
2: Wait a no. Gene. Before no. you go on here, you have called in and berated on a ra- on a, on, a, on a regular basis when we have made in the past sweeping statements about Christians, statements which I believe that on the whole have been largely true in my experience of dealing with Christians, which is you know small minded, don't want to listen to uh, logic, don't care about historical facts, don't care you know all these all these things that we have uh, you know we've we've uh, all these generalizations that we've talked about on the air, you didn't like them when they were pointed at Christians. However, it's okay to do it to people that are black? Well, and I'd like to have to point out, though, that
0: the Christians chose to be Christian. You didn't choose to be black.
7: Well, and again, um, I, I point out when you make generalizations about Christians that there are exceptions. Now, I always make it a point to point out that when I'm talking about any group of people, whether it's the Chinese or whether it's the blacks or whether it's the whites, there are always exceptions to
1: the rule. But no, no, these are that, not that, exceptions that, no. to to rules, Gene. These, these are people with different perspectives. These are people who may hold some of the same beliefs, but to group them based on color I, I think is pretty inappropriate.
0: And what rule are you talking okay. about? Is this the rule of Gene's observations or something uh, more scientific? Because it seems to me yes, it's my, just an observation my on your part. My,
7: my observations are valid. You know, I have... Every person makes observations. They're as and valid they as anybody be.
0: else's observations, so go right that's ahead. That's
7: right. A, they're as valid as yours. Now, you can't deny that a lot of black people like to drive around in cars with gigantic wheels on. Okay, now that's Some a generalization. A small,
1: small minority do, yes.
7: Okay, look. I'm just throwing that out as an example. I have nothing to say about blacks and their giant wheels. If they want to drive around with giant wheels, it doesn't bother me. Those are
1: certainly the ones that you notice, Gene. But there are millions of black people who drive around with stock rims on their car.
7: That is true. Now, are you going to let me make a point? Go ahead. Go ahead. About every single word that I say. Now, it's I'm trying to make an observation about blacks in the South. And you guys aren't letting me I,
1: make it. I'm not it. hearing gene. Nothing... I'm not hearing an observation. I'm hearing generalization after generalization. And I, I I'm sorry, I don't agree with them. Well, but, these but make are your point.
7: They're not generalizations. Well, I
1: when have... you say we all know, no, uh, when you say we all know that blacks like to drive around with big rims on their car, that's not a generalization.
7: Well. <laughs> I didn't
0: say all
1: blacks. No, you not said either. a lot of them. A lot of them. And in fact, it's, it's, maybe, it's maybe a few percent, a, 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 a part look, of 1%. If,
7: if you do the demographics on who buys those big wheels, you're going to find out for yourself. But I'm not here to talk about big wheels. Gene, I see a lot you're of white distracted. kids
0: wearing uh, really stupid clothes, too. Mm. And, and uh, too. I've seen them with the big wheels as
1: we well. All, well, we all know point? those stupid white kids wear big clothes.
0: What's, what's the point?
7: Now, look, here's some of the issues. That black people have to get get have to address. In now, are you their talking societies? about young
0: black males? Because it seems to I'm me talking that blacks, about blacks that in that, general. Okay, See, so you're me telling me that. Tell wait a minute, Gene. Gene, are you telling me that uh, black men over the age of 45 are driving around with the uh, well,
7: the big rims? How how about we talk about something else? Because it's obvious you guys aren't going to let me have a word Go in it. Go ahead, right Gene. Here. Gene, we can't get Between past your stereotype. You, you're down my throat you're and inaccurate. What you're saying a is.
0: What you're saying is inaccurate right on its face, and we're correcting you. But I'll tell you what, I'll give you 30 seconds to just go, and we won't interrupt you. All right, we're going to start it now. Go right ahead, Gene.
7: Okay, now here's some of the observations I've made after living in the South for over five years, being an employer in the South, having to find people to work for you in the South. Now, first of all, people in the South are slow. They don't work very hard. And if you check people, and that's not just blacks, that's whites too, People in the South have a laid back attitude and they don't work very hard. They don't work as hard. There's always exceptions. There's always hard working people. But the black people in the South work the slowest. And I'm sorry if you disagree with that. You come down here and live in the South with me. And but I it's did hard live to in find the South. It's hard to find a black person that will actually work eight <laughs> hours a day, work hard all day. And if I can find such a person, I I will put them to work all day long. Gene, how how long have you worked in the North? I'm telling you that it's hard to find anybody in the South that will actually work. Let me tell you something, Gene. Let me tell you something. I
0: I don't have uh, Julia here tonight. She's not on the show tonight, but she hires uh, people for her restaurant job. And here in New Hampshire, it's like 97% white. So the crew at the restaurant is white. And uh, she's, got a tough, she's got a tough time finding good workers, too. It's hard to find good help out
1: there. Gene, and
0: what have is it?
7: We a hard time finding good help, white or black. But I'm telling you. So why that, are you What is it, what is it you, want black people? People. you
1: want these black people to do? What is it you're hiring them I'm for?
7: Comparing, I'm comparing the way the black people today. no, no, no. no. I'm
1: asking well, you, what versus, is it you're hiring these people to do? Because, you know, you can hire black people to come in that are qualified to come into a management position, and they're probably not going to be lazy and shiftless and not want to work a full eight-hour day. There are a lot of very hardworking people out there, regardless of their color. But you can also go, you know, to some of the poor people who don't have a work ethic, who just want to get their next six-pack of beer. And, yeah, they're probably not the hardest workers out there.
7: Okay. Well, I've hired them for everything from lawn and garden to okay construction, so, so now we're to, talking
1: manual labor jobs and and I've run into the same thing in Texas and also we had a place And where...
7: also for office work so I've hired them I've hired people for all different things now the the point I'm making is I'm trying to compare with the way black society lived in the 60s versus the way they do today. What is black society? What
0: are you talking about? I mean, the whole idea, Gene, that you can just lump all black people together and say you have your own society and culture is absolutely as ludicrous as lumping all white people together and saying you're all of the same society and culture. It's nonsense. There are so many subcultures, so many different breakdowns. Thank you for the call. I don't want to hear any more of it. Hour number two is on the way. 800-259-9231. I
8: I hope some black folk are listening and will call and respond to this guy. It's Free Talk Live. Hello, Free Talk Live podcast subscribers. This is novelist Spencer Baum, here to tell you about my new book, The Demon Queen and The Locksmith. It's a fantasy novel in the tradition of the boy wizards and vampires that have been so popular lately, but written from the perspective of a libertarian like you. My novel has all the monsters, magic, hair-raising adventures, and teen angst you've come to know and love, but unlike those other books, you'll find no glorification of life in the government schools in this story. My main character doesn't truly start learning until he ditches class and connects with some libertarian homeschoolers, and he can't go about saving the world until he sees that the conformist worldview of the modern American fails to see the truth. But don't take my word for it. Listen for yourself, for free. Open up iTunes and search for The Demon Queen and the Locksmith. I've released the first six chapters as a free podcast. Give it a listen. It's free. That's The Demon Queen and the Locksmith. I hope you enjoy.
9: This is Free
0: Talk Live. Watching into the second hour of the program, you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, one 800 259 coming up, some scary, scary stuff is happening in Montana, and we will explain uh, what is going on, and it has to do with private police. Now, normally you might think that uh, Free Talk Live would be all in favor of something like that, but... uh, Not like this. (laughs) No. So we'll get to that um, if we get a chance, but this is the show uh, that allows you to take control of the airwaves, bring up anything, 800-259-9231. We'll go back to the phones, and I don't know how much fun this will be, because it's Scott in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live, Scott the Bigot.
3: Yes, good evening, all. Uh, if you Ian thought Marcus. Gene was bad
0: earlier, if you heard uh, hour <laughs> number you? one.
3: I agree with everything Gene said. Of course you man. do. Of
0: course you do. Uh, it's good to hate, right, Scott? Well, I'm I not like, saying Gene hates. I'm not saying that at all. It's, I'm it's, saying you do.
3: Let me rephrase that. You said it's good to hate sarcasm. It's good to hate, good to hate bad, that are things that are bad for you, gentlemen. If If, if somebody said to you... Like taking uh, your calls. If somebody said to you, don't you love diabetes... You would never want diabetes. It causes amputations, blindness.
1: You know it's what, good. though? You want
3: cancer. You'd never want cancer. Certain things are good to hate.
1: You know what, Scott? I wouldn't want to hate any of those things because hate only hurts the hater, not okay. the hated.
3: Uh, you know, President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad of Iran uh, is is getting a bad rap. He, he's he's basically. A legitimate ruler of Iran. He's trying to get the best deal for his country. A legitimate trying ruler. To protect his country. <laughs> and he's basically, he's a great man and my hero, and I'll tell you why. Oh, he's
0: a great man. He, I know why, seen... because he denies the Holocaust, no, right, Scott? No,
3: not, not at all. He's being encircled by the American-Israel Public mm-hmm. Affairs Committee in the United States and by the Mossad. Did you ever hear of the Mossad?
0: Yes, it's a secret agency or something like that. Israeli, Israeli secret police. Secret police. Mm-hmm. And
3: uh, these fanatical Zionists, have conspired to start World War III, and I'll tell you how they're doing it. International Jewry is hell-bent on destroying President Ahmadinejad. You God. would
0: start World War III if you had the opportunity. You've told us before you have no objection to exterminating Jewish people.
3: I I have no objection to seeing that white Christian people regain, and I emphasize the word regain, their rightful place in the world.
1: And how do they do that?
3: Uh, they do that by uh, by... I'll tell you how they do it. The blacks have affirmative action, reverse discrimination. They have the NAACP. The Jews, of course, have the notorious Anti-Defamation League of the B'nai B'rith, which is basically the Jewish Gestapo. White people need to have, a, 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 a if you if you will, a National Association of White People. Oh, okay. People Party, so who can get a hold uh, of government. Pr- who proposed can... by David Duke.
1: Hold on, uh, who Scott. Is a
3: hero of mine. And we need to stick God. up for our rights, meaning that we have to push back. When blacks get jobs at the expense of whites and Jews get jobs because of affirmative action, reverse discrimination, not Jews so much, Scott, but blacks, we need, to, we need to stand up for our rights and say, look, we're relegated to 10th rate status. Whatever we is, I'm
2: not in the I'm same group, the same I would group never as you. Stand whatever. With I'm you. just not interested. However, um, um, my question is this. Yeah. Um my best friend in in the whole world is kind of blackish. Yeah. Um he's he's uh, you Some know, yeah somewhere in there he may might be an octoon. I don't I, octroon. I don't even know that's the old terminology. Okay. <clears throat> um but what we, at what point does a person cease to be black and begin to be white? We had a co-host on this show who was uh who did a little test. It was kind of a radio gig. A DNA uh, test. Yeah, right? DNA test and they found out that he was in fact 2% black. Is he black?
3: Yes. If okay. you have uh, a, a percentage of small percentage of black blood, you're, you're, send them you're to black. the ovens. But here's my th-
2: here's the thing though, uh, Scott. He didn't know it. And my question to you is this: What if you, you took one of these um, DNA tests and you found out that you were part black?
3: <laughs> I, I'd want to commit suicide. <laughs> well, and what if you found out that you break. were part Jewish? Uh, it would be a very sad day.
2: But but he must, yeah, now, here's right the great there. point. See, now, it's possible, you're admitting that it's possible that you're part Jewish, so therefore Jewish people aren't evil. Like, Can I say that Oh, he's evil. I don't, I'm not
3: saying Adolf Jewish Kittler. people are evil, but Scott is evil. Adolf, but Scott doesn't Adolf think he's evil. Adolf Hitler, they claim, was, was 25% Jewish. They believe that he, historians believe he had a Jewish grandmother. Okay. And I don't find that far-fetched, because let's look at humanity. There is interracial marriage intermingling between all the races. Let's be very frank here. No one is a purebred. You could take a wasp who's a white Anglo-Saxon Episcopalian, and if you were to go through his family tree, there is a great possibility that, like dogs, he is not a 100% purebred. Somewhere in the genome there's an
2: Italian hiding in the jungle. That's so right. what are you
3: advocating here, Scott? I mean, you've advocated
0: exterminating people in the past. Are you now saying the entire human race should be wiped out?
3: No, I'm saying that white people, meaning white Christian people, Jews are not you white. You
0: mean people that test purely white? Like yeah. you have to take a DNA test to 100% pure, pure
10: white there person, is, There pure is Caucasian. a difference
3: between Jewish blood and Gentile blood. Uh, to whom? It's all it, read it, to it, me. It, 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 in other words, the Jews are not a religion. They're a race. They're a race of people. They're not a race,
2: though. They're, 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 they have chosen to call themselves an ethnicity, but there's really no difference between them and us. They can give blood to you. Um, if, if you've had a transfusion, it could very well have been a Jewish blood transfusion. They're not any different, Scott. It's just the well, pigmentation. Well,
3: you asked me what I would like to see done. Yeah, I want right to ahead. see in our country. In the, I can't speak for the world, but for Spend the United States. You I sick. would like to see. Where white Christian people uh regain their place in society before the day that civil rights came around where white where there would be no such thing as a Barack Hussein Obama you mean when as I master see on TV, right? gentlemen you mean re- I re- regain their TV place TV as TV master TV.
1: over is
0: other that?
3: people
1: who have different skin color as them yeah that's that's all Scott's calling for here is he wants I to want, uh, hold on I scott
3: no, you you've had your chance around. to
1: ramble on go ahead uh, go ahead
0: Sam
3: want white.
1: Just him down. Okay. So, Scott, what he's proposing here is, you know, he's realized that affirmative action doesn't work. It's not right for a group of people to get control of the state and start wielding that power over others. That much is true. But now he just wants to do the same back in reverse. He Payback wants time. To, yeah. We, we, we got to, us white people got to band together and we got to take over the reins of power and we got to use it to our benefit and to everyone else's Continuing detriment. Continuing the
0: cycle of violence. Yeah.
1: Where does this end? That's what government does. Wake up. It puts people against one another, divides them. The government it's wants the you answer. to see
0: people as groups. The yeah, government wants you to see one group of people trying to hold you down and keep you down, so you'll decide you want to fight back and get to hold those people down yep. in retaliation, and so they'll fight back, and they'll all be fighting over the tool, which is the uh, the use of force, that is the government, uh, the control over that violent tool, so they can essentially force other people to their will. And,
1: and the tool government grows bigger and bigger with each and every step. Every cycle, absolutely. Now,
2: um, Scott, are you there? Yes. Okay. and okay. I want to know I've, I see on yeah. the street sometimes uh, interracial couples walking around. Sometimes they're even pushing a bassinet. Yeah. And it, uh, it makes, well, you know, what, what do you think about that? What's that make you think?
3: That's horrific. There cannot be any interracial marriage. See, like there can be. There Homosexual marriage. But there can be. Or uh, it's, 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 lesbian marriage. The races marriage. need to be separate. And and, and and you don't want a half breed. The child will go through life and be tortured and tormented, like Barack Hussein Obama, never knowing what he is. Let me, let me Because tell you of something.
1: people like you.
3: No, let me That's tell why you something. They'll and, be tortured
1: and tormented because of racists leveled, like you.
3: Do you remember when Waco was leveled? You, may, you, you, yeah. you remember Waco, the compound? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And well, who do you think did that? The people that did that was our Zionist occupied government. It was they the were Jews responsible for leveling that. Of course, they had the FBI, the ATF all of these but you don't want to believe that. You don't think that's possible.
2: Well, I I think, I think that the the FBI and the um, ATF is full of a bunch of white people. So, uh, the now, white people are doing the bidding right,
3: of but the but <laughs> Jews? They do. They are nothing more than than henchmen for our Zionist occupied governments. And if <laughs> you don't believe me, if you don't believe <laughs> don't, me, no. you need to read the protocols of the elders of Zion. No, I, 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 I just really don't want to read. I just I don't, don't want to read. Thanks, it. No, thank
2: you. All right. But I'm, what worries me, Scott, is that you that that um, what what I, I'm just not interested at all is going through life all way, all concerned about race like you are. Like, you know, everything is just centered on race as though you can solve every problem because you put them all in racial categories. It he just, couldn't possibly see human beings for their, uh, their individual selves. He
0: May couldn't possibly see
3: that.
2: You can't see past someone's
0: skin color, Scott. You're so superficial. You're if so you sad.
3: Look, if, if you look at the history of the world, mankind, the history of mankind is built on two factors. War and right.
0: and you are more than willing to continue that process sicko. get Yay, off my phone race 800. i'm against both of them <laughs> yep 1800 259 9231 that's the sacl cai toll free line i'm in favor of the human race that's about it you take control bring up what you want this is free talk live
4: Across the sands of time, from the lands of Abraham to the lands of Julius Caesar, the metals of the earth were forged into the coin of the realm. Now you can own a piece of history with affordable ancient coins from the Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine eras. Guaranteed authentic by Janus Numismatics. Transport yourself to the distant past at ZeusCoin.com. That's Z U S Coin.com.
0: Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. We're inviting you to our website at freetalklive.com. We've got the bulletin board system with over 490,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about, serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com.
2: Free Talk Live has uh, teamed up with Midas Resources to offer gold and silver at uh, cut rates to our listeners. Just go to gold.freetalklive.com, and we've got uh, several of them there that you can uh, use as a hedge against inflation, including the Lakota Nation Silver Round, the Walking Liberty Half, the British Sovereign, and the 20 franc. It's gold.freetalklive.com.
0: Toll free number again eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's go to Tom listening in Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom.
11: Evening, fellas. How's it going?
0: Tom, what's on your mind tonight?
11: Uh, what's with that guy talking about the big wheels and black people not uh, wanting to work? I'm a black man. I work a long, a, long, a lot of hours.
1: You got? All you of, must uh, have twenties on your car, then, don't you?
11: <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I twenty uh, 22s. I uh, <laughs> no, no, smaller, smaller. Um, I have a, uh, no, (laughs) Uh, a little bit bigger, 17. (laughs) Uh, I'm in the fat, curious crowd. Uh, My brother, he prefers the uh, type of big wheels and all that. Mm -hmm. But um, the guy needs to understand that by these people buying and uh, turning stuff like that into style, they're turning stuff, uh, 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 creating a market within the neighborhood so that they can keep people employed. What do those guys want us to do just, you know, Uh, Go to uh, to the automobile uh, dealer and buy a car, and not fix it up. I mean, there's there's a a lot of uh, other good things that come out of buying stuff like that. The baggy pants. That's the market.
1: Right. And Uh, black people people need something to spend their drug money uh, profits on, right? (laughs) No. What really the story
0: is? No. Wait a minute. Isn't the real story though that uh, what I'd like to see? Because I remember when I was uh, at uh, Kmart selling CDs uh, in the electronics department. And that's when I learned that the people that buy rap albums are white teenagers. Uh, You're right. It's like 70% of rap sales is white teenagers. And Absolutely so right. my question is, on this whole black people have r- big rims uh, claim of jeans that he made earlier, I'd like to see what the percentage of sales is as far as big rims to white young males under the age of 25 as compared to uh, to black males. I bet they're a significant portion of the sales. So yeah. really, it's a great way for black entrepreneurs to make a whole lot of money off of uh, you know, a bunch of white kids.
1: Yeah, my brother has a big monster truck with 24s on it that were two grand a rim. So. Oh! and.
11: And who is it usually at the top of the pinnacle that are making products like this? Usually, Caucasian.
2: Likely. You know what yeah, I'm probably. Uh, well,
11: yeah. Well, I, I yeah, just think that I mean, it could be anybody, but
2: still. I just think that it's um, kind of it could be. I mean, you know, I I, I think it's just kind of this irrelevant. Fact is, you know, if you've got a black guy sitting in front of you when you're, uh, you know, doing a job interview, you could choose to say to yourself that black people aren't very good workers, but you might be missing out on a very hard worker. You You just don't know. It's the best one ever. It's an irrelevant fact. I mean, you could choose to correlate that data on anything like people that wear red shirts. You could you could decide, well, I've, I've noticed in my life that people wearing red shirts are harder workers. It's an irrelevant piece of data, yeah. as far as I can tell. Absolutely, yeah. and I, stereotyping. I think what Gene was doing is
1: he was he was taking too small of a subsection of a certain race or color or whatever. If he's looking for people that are out there offering day labor, these are not college-educated people. These are not the hardest-working, you know, entrepreneurs that are going to go out and and start creating whatever it is they want. These are people who are going to kind of take whatever comes along, and maybe they're a little bit uh, lazy or, or don't work as hard, and certainly in uh, Hispanics, they have a very strong work ethic uh, that's just in part of their culture. As now, now you're generalizing. It, it,
0: it
11: depends on what they're paying. I mean, if somebody's paying you uh, very well, uh-huh. and they're trying to pay you peanuts and get away with it, then you're going to find a hard work. But mm-hmm. if you want to pay somebody peanuts, you're going to get just what you pay for. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah. true.
1: And it, it just you know, it's it's it comes it's has so much more to do with the individual than the color of one's skin. That's
11: right. That's right. Okay. Well, hey, I just had to check in. I'm listening you. to you guys on my BlackBerry as, as I'm right down the road here. Ah, uh, very and, cool. Uh, how,
0: how are you listening, may I ask, on the the BlackBerry? Is it via internet? Um, I, uh,
11: yes, I've got that uh, software, um, oh, Radio B, downloaded. Oh, that's a new one for
0: me, Radio and, B. Uh,
11: uh, Radio B, yes, okay. uh, like the like the little bug, and oh, cool. um, I've got an, an external antenna, and uh, actually I've got one, two, three phones, two Blackberries, a um, Microsoft phone, and
1: uh, an Excel phone. You must be in uh, the my industry. My bill comes up to about three hundred bucks. Oh, oh my gosh! Wow. Well,
0: uh, right. we do have the Listen line now for those people that don't have the fancy Blackberries, as I, uh, as Tom and I do, and uh, Sam. Uh, you can call the Free Talk Live listen line and tune in via any phone just for whatever long oh. distance costs at 217-238-6220 that's 217-238-6220 and i think that's up on our uh, it's up on our listen page on listen.freetalklive.com so it's a new feature for anybody that has access to a phone they can now listen to our stream if we're live we'll be on live and if it's uh, not live hours you'll hear the latest episode from our stream so oh. tom thanks for the call tonight i appreciate hearing from you at 800 800- 259-9231. In fact, since we're on the subject of phone lines, we have set up the uh, the Free Talk Live soapbox. And we talked about it recently. It's a, a new little line that we've set up that essentially is a voicemail line where it allows you to call in and leave a message. And maybe we'll play it maybe we won't. Sort of like a, a real soapbox. If you get up on a soapbox on a street corner, maybe someone will pay attention to you. Maybe they'll just all walk by and ignore you. And so here's something that's relevant to the conversation. Yeah,
12: this is Frank from uh, Philadelphia listening to yesterday's podcast where Gene, uh, postulated that the brains of different races are somehow, uh, chemically or otherwise not functionally different from one another, uh... Ironically, immediately after uh, citing scientific journals as the uh, explanation for the EVE, if you will, So uh, the point being that if, <laughs> if, you were, if anyone or Gene were to read scientific journals about studies about ethnicity and race, uh, he would find that numerous scientific studies have been done on the subject and have found absolutely zero difference between any race and, uh, as far as capability to perform tasks or intelligence, uh,
0: etc. There you go. Uh, now, I probably should have gone through and edited out all the us in that. But nonetheless, he uh, he made his point, and that is that according to the science... There's not a darn bit of difference between people with different skin colors and their ability to do tasks and things like that. And and that's what the science says. But why would anybody want to look at science that could possibly, you know, go running contradiction to what their personal observations have been? But their personal observations, mind you, that are skewed because of their particular experience in life. It's sort of like how when you see a a new friend gets a new new car that you might not be familiar with, for instance, then all of a sudden you start seeing those cars everywhere. So, Mark, you drive this, uh, you know, this element, this Honda Element, and I never really took note of the Honda Element before you bought one of them, and now, everywhere I go, I see Honda Elements. They're all over. They were there before, but now they're more prominent in my um, ability to perceive them. So it's, I'm skewed because of my experience. So there's what the science says, and then there's Gene's opinion. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live.
4: Listen up for something free from Ruger. From now until the end of the year, buy any new Ruger bolt-action rifle and receive a free Ruger-branded Carhartt jacket, both made in America. For more information, go to Ruger.com slash Carhartt. That's Ruger.com slash C-A-R-H-A-R-T-T. Ruger rifles are known for their rugged reliability, handsome style, unique design features, and represent the best value in rifles. Go to Ruger.com and check out a Ruger rifle today.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, those features, including things like the archive. So if you missed a moment of the show, you can click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website. Totally free for you at
2: freetalklive.com. Now is the time that you and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides just such training without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes. Secure a Front Sight defensive handgun course today plus the corresponding 30 state concealed weapons permit and get a free handgun. That's a Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Go to FrontSight.com today. That's F-R-O-N-T-S-I-G-H-T dot com.
0: All right, we're going to continue taking your phone calls here. Also, we did just play our very first ever Soapbox uh, call, which is a recorded voicemail line. The f- uh, Soapbox number is always right there at the top of freetalklive.com. You can see it there. It is also six zero three seven two two zero amp Maybe we'll use your recording. Maybe we will not two two zero amp is the Soapbox number. We go to Adam in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Adam. Adam Hi, in Canada. you
6: guys have had a call from Gene, uh, an unconscious racist, and uh, Scott, uh, the bigot, who is, I assume knows he's a bigot.
0: Oh, yes, I wanted he must. to talk
6: about racism in general and how the Holocaust uh, not only shouldn't be denied, but actually pretty much never ended. Um, oh, yeah, please do. In my high school textbook, I actually admit it's so true. This information is so true, my government actually admits it happened. So I learned in grade 12 that there is a Zionist movement after the Holocaust uh, throughout England and um, most of the Europe. Well, I want to talk about that, actually. It was, um, it was delivered to uh, Churchill and the leaders of England, uh, and uh, I should say Europe, as a uh, plan to help Jews defend themselves by repopulating the Jewish homeland of Israel, which, um, after 70 AD, during which the diaspora happened, uh, really this, the uh, Jewish people didn't concentrate so much in Israel and, until after the Second World War. Um I wanted to talk about actually how Hitler during the Second World War, had been deporting Jews as well, just like Churchill did at the end of the second world war um he he didn't actually start murdering them in mass; he only used them as slaves until until he decided they were uh useful as tank oil. This is true um unfortunately no. during uh. during i know i know he used them to mine ingredients for meth which is what uh german drug companies lg Farben and merck were using the same areas auschwitz and dachau were set up for uh before he um had slave labor there uh these were located in the same places they were you know mining um <clears throat> that's not in the textbooks but it's true um Churchill Churchill sent 25,000 Jewish people a month to Israel uh, after the Second World War ended, much like Hitler deported his own Jewish people during the Second World War and prior. Uh, it, it, he said he was doing it to give them you know, a place where they could speak for themselves. Why couldn't they speak for themselves in England and throughout Europe? Why couldn't they be uh, part of the political system there?
0: Because Churchill was a well,
6: racist? Uh, probably. He was blatant misogynist and alcoholic. It wouldn't surprise me if during his short tenure on Earth he became a racist, too. But uh, there are over 5 million Jewish people in Israel, and under a tenth of that left in England. I mean, it looks like he pretty much got rid of them all. And now they're using American money to fight American fights in a a place where there are no Americans. I mean, they're they're flying American planes, piloting American tanks, using American guns, and using American money to pay each other to do that. And they have a 16 years of age conscription law in Israel, where, and I don't think you want to go to an Israel jail. It's probably as bad as the Israel military, which, due to American money and finances and interests is a pretty safe place to be. Um, they 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 make their own people fight in the war. Supposedly a religious state. I just wonder how much better, how much better that really is for them, because it's not. You,
0: know? you mean being shoveled off into that place?
6: Israel? Whether or not they were born there or moved there or were shoveled off there 70 years ago, um, they're being forced to fight by their own government, and it, they're doing American dirty work. I mean, it's just not um, why the Zionist movement said it was sending anybody there. I mean, we can talk about the Holocaust as if it happened and had ended, but it wasn't the first time that it happened to Jewish people, and... You
0: know, so what you it, so that's it, what you're saying is the Jewish people are still enslaved well, because they're forced to We are
2: all enslaved. I've been to both Israel and Palestine and 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 I 13 in countries around the world and I can tell you of the countries I've been to Israel would be, uh, you know it would be pretty close to the top of the list of the ones that I'd want to live in.
6: It's very nice there? Yes. Well how many Western allies are you aware of? I don't know how many or how few myself, but how many are you aware of that actually forced their people to join their militaries?
2: I, I couldn't tell you. Um, I, I can tell you that I don't like the guys. idea of conscription. I'm, I'm not for that, and I'm saying we are all slaves. Some of us are more so than others. However, um, you know, if, if you're talking about what kind of slave quarters we're talking about, I'll pick Israel over Palestine.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you look back into the 70s during the Suez Canal conflict with uh, Nasser in charge of Egypt, he nationalized that after Israel invaded. But it was it was pretty much acknowledged by the U.N. that America had told the U.N. to do that so they could get themselves in there to be a position of influence, you know, do the whole peacemaker thing and then uh, control the trade that's going through this canal. Um, I don't know how many times they've been used that way since, but, you know, is this wrong to use people that way when you sent them there to live the life. you, you No, I
0: totally see what to you're saying. Yes, yeah. it is wrong. Absolutely right. I, th- I appreciate the call tonight, and thank all you for right, well. making it at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Essentially, the pitch was, "Hey, you guys can have this, this land all to yourselves. It'll it's, be great."
2: It's a it's a Western client state, a United States and, and English client state. Sure, no problem. Get it? I get it. It's just it's a pretty nice one.
0: Well, here's the promised land. Now uh, you'll come work for us. Is basically what. Sure,
2: that's there. that's what they do here too.
0: To a lesser extent, it's not as ob- overt, the conscription. You know, this, this conscription doesn't actually happen here in the way I've that is. I've got
2: to there. work in order to finance that. Uh, those tanks and planes that those those kids are being forced to conscribe to uh, to well, fly and drive over there. That's my job in this slave could, uh, pit that uh, is the you world.
0: You could start doing all business in silver, and I could. you could not pay federal income tax.
2: I would likely take a, a tremendous hit in, uh, in, in in the amount of money that I would make. As a result. So they don't have
0: actual conscription that brings you into some sort of government military Israel and go someplace else. I mean,
2: you know, I'm not saying it's great. I'm not. But, you know, I, I
0: understand what you're saying is you can leave. But you know how easy it is to immigrate. Right, Mark?
2: You, there are other places that are easier to immigrate to than others. Um, some places that are easier to immigrate to than others. And the, like you said, the vast majority of them are relatively safe. They're, you know, this, as safe as our military is. You know, they, when, when you're flying a drone from McDill Air Force Base and blowing women and children apart on the, the mountains of uh, Pakistan, you're pretty safe. You go home at night, you, you have sex with your wife, it's, you know, life's not too bad. Pop open a beer next day, more people to more kill. People.
0: All right, we go to Dustin in Washington. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dustin. Hi. You're on the air. What's on your mind tonight?
10: Uh, I just wanted to talk about secession and the idea of countries. Okay, sure. Um, basically, um, I'm just going to tie this in with that. The kid who called the other day about uh, burning flags, and I mean, it's, it's it's a symbol, right? And it's people kind of get all tied up, and they're like, oh, that's not it's not very nice to, to burn the American flag. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I'm working on sort of a secession movement of my own. It's called the Coastal Hemp Nation. Oh, okay. And I, I brought this up before, but basically, I mean, I, I've learned about the idea from you guys uh, that you can secede yourself, you know? And sure you can. It won't keep of, you out of
0: a jail cell, but you can do it. I fully support the idea.
10: Yeah, exactly. And, and I think countries are just an idea. That's correct. correct yeah and it they're they're a very bad idea you know, in a sense and but the coastal nation is just getting people together to secede themselves in a sense
0: i love it i i just uh, wish you were doing it here in new hampshire i think that
2: Getting people together who or support you. Or
0: everywhere David. in the world. <laughs> well, that would be nice.
2: <laughs> that's How's that going? I mean, that's that's really mm-hmm. the, the, when everybody when people say things like, well, we've got to have liberty movements everywhere. Well, we've been trying that, and it hasn't been working. I hope it does
0: work out for you. Let us know too. how it goes, all right, as the coastal hemp nation develops. And if it doesn't work out, come on over here. Join us. Thanks for the call, and you can have your hemp nation here. Because if it's your nation, you can take it wherever you want, right? I mean, it, it is just an idea. The, the whole concept of nations, they don't really... Really exist? There are people, and there are people on land. More coming up. Free talk live.
2: On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. Well, now we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some of my favorite gold and silver pieces. The 20 franc has been made and trusted worldwide. They're about a fifth of an ounce of gold, easily carried on your person in case of emergencies, untracked by the government of a size that one can do business with, who would turn down a 100-year-old gold coin? Get them for $233 a piece. Call eight seven seven eight five seven ninety nine thirty eight, or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same as it is for one coin as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can at once. 877-857-9938, gold.freetalklive.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. We invite you to take control of the airwaves by dialing toll-free to one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231 That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Don't forget to visit Sam over at his website, obscuredtruth.com. Sam, you put up a couple uh, new videos within the last several weeks. Uh, one of them is your recent trip to Keene City Hall with a man named Wallace.
1: Yes, uh, he's an interesting guy. He apparently shut down all of the uh, property. Basically, if, if you leave, uh, move from one house to another and say you have a deposit on your electric bill or something like that, the state actually comes in and takes that and keeps it in your name. Well, they're not making any effort to return that money. they're you, supposed to. Yeah, they're supposed to, but you know, what incentive do they have? Because if they don't, they just spend it on your behalf. So what he's doing is finding a way to uh, inform people in mass so that they can all file these claims all at the same time to get their money back, but the state's only keeping one percent in escrow.
0: So it's millions and millions of dollars in in Mm -hmm. many cases. In a a case like a small state of Vermont, he said there was something like $70 million. $57,
1: 57,
0: Something Mm -hmm. million dollars uh, that they have that is – it belongs to other people. And what you're saying is they invest 99 percent of it in their government bureaucrat funds and things like that because the government bureaucrats have these things called – oh, gosh, what is it? It's the – not the budget – it's the CAFR, the Comprehensive yep. Annual Financial Reports, where you can actually look and you can see all the different uh, investments that the government people have for their pensions and things like that. And so they're taking money that belongs to you, which is typical of them, and using it for themselves instead of going out to try to find you to say, "Hey, Mark Edge, you uh you have two hundred dollars here." Do you want to have it? Uh, That's what they're supposed to be doing is reaching out to people and and giving them the opportunity to get their money back. And so what this guy's doing is he's trying to get the list of those names so he can go out and do what the government's supposed to do and reach out to these folks and uh, let them know about this. So hopefully they'll all come essentially
1: into Uh, the government filing the forms at the same time. Yeah, which which because they're only keeping 1% in reserve, it creates a run on the bank. And what he did in California is he sued he sued the state and shut down all of their um, asset, uh, whatever they, they call it. He sued them, shut it down for several months. And then when they reopened, they had to send a letter out when they collected people's money to let them know, hey, we've got your money.
0: So uh so he's doing it now here in New Hampshire and you mm-hmm. went with him the other day with your camera and they did not like the fact that you brought the camera in so it's it's yet again another confrontation between Sam and his camera and some <laughs> city bureaucrats you can see it over at obscuretruth.com as we go to your phone calls Dan is on the line in Pennsylvania you're on Free Talk Live hey Dan
9: Hey guys uh I just listened to a few of the podcasts from last week or the week before with uh one note George, I believe is what you've been calling him who who is constantly calling in and trying to convince you guys how, about how racist you are
2: well he's and, yeah that and he's basically pointing out that we uh that that you know at some we we try not to put people in boxes, but in fact we do put people in boxes or something
9: yeah well i I think that there's really no way to avoid you know intellectual shortcuts you know, like generalizations, but that's not racism. And I think that I can sort of give a a working definition for racism that will help clear that up. Um, I think that, that George's problem is that he is confusing people making correlative statements about, you know, one group of people can do this better than another group with causal relationships where you say that it is because of the same genetic differences that causes their skin to be darker, for instance, that also makes them better basketball players, for example. So you can say black people tend to be better at sports, you know, certain kinds of sports than white people. You can say Chinese people tend to be better at math. You can say, uh, you know, Germans tend to make good engineers. But as long as you're not saying that it's because of some fundamental difference in their DNA that also gives the Germans blonde hair and also gives the Asians slanty eyes, then you're not being racist because you're not attributing those things to their race.
1: Makes some sense. Yeah, I mean German engineering is so precise because their uh, machinists spend six months just learning how to file. I mean that's that's the first part of their training. So they they spend six months filing metal, filing
9: a down exactly, either. and oh. and that's that's the thing. It's a well to start with. Race was invented. By communist sociologists who wanted to find a way to explain cultural differences without going into politics and economic history, because that would sort of undermine their theories. So if you actually use cultural and economic history to derive the you know why those things are different, and then you you know there's some coincidental relationship between the way a person looks. There's, there's no racism in that. Right. It's a perfectly harmless and useful
2: concept. If you look in uh, marathons, the Kenyans seem to be very well represented there. They're not a race. It's a country. Um, exactly. Certainly, there are some other Africans that are um, you know that, that run in in races, but I don't in these marathon races, but I don't think that you can necessarily say that black people are good at running marathons because the Kenyans do well. I think that Absolutely probably
0: not most black people aren't running in marathons
2: probably what you you' find what you'll find there if you uh, you know search back is that there was a, a, a you know a person who set up a school or taught some people about running races and and uh, or it's you know, just big in their said, culture for whatever reason yeah, yeah. there's a tr- that
1: runs like 20 miles a day they go out to play soccer at lunch they run 10 miles to get out there they play soccer then they run 10 miles back you know it's it's part of their culture and so of course that village or that that specific group of people is going to Produce some great runners.
0: Even though Dan, what you're saying isn't necessarily racist, in that it's I don't th- you know it's not involved in hating somebody. I think racism also has to do with bigotry and, and hatred towards somebody else because they look different. Um, yeah. But I, so what you're saying about making those general statements isn't racist. It's still painting with too broad of a brush because it's just not general. It's just I don't think it's generally true. I mean, you're saying that you know Asian people are better at math. Well, what about the Asian people that are out uh, you know combing the fields of China, uh, doing farm work? Are those Asian? people better at math? Probably not. No. They probably never had no. any kind of uh, formal education.
9: Yeah, and and that, that's why I say that you're making a correlative statement uh, by saying, you know, these people happen to be Asian, and they also happen to have a cultural and, you, you know, sort of societal background that tends to give them uh, more background in that kind of skill. Very so good. It, it just, you know, showing it has nothing to do with race.
1: So. Well, and I think when you when you go in with these preconceived notions that black people are this way or, or these these guys are gangsters because of the way they walk, when you go and interact with them, you actually create that reality. Whereas, you know, there are ways to go up to somebody that looks like they're the toughest dude in the world and just talk to them like a human, and you may find out they're a very nice person, and you know mm-hmm. that's just the way they dress. But if you if you're Thinking,
2: oh, this guy's a thug. You look at the way he dresses. Da 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 da. You are never going to get to know that. Yep. Um. There's a there's a guy here that he's a free stater. He moved, um, recently. So he's a he's a new mover. And when I I sort of sort of met him online by listen, by reading some of his posts, and I found him to be a very intellectual guy. And then the first time that I saw him. He's got like a—he's gigantic, and he's got a shaved head, and he's got kind of you know that that brow thing going on, you know, and 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 you know, he, you could have thought that this guy was a really mean dude if you had met him before I had a chance to talk to him, so. You know, I had a moment of vertigo where I was trying to correspond his writings to, you know, the guy I was seeing. And are talking the about way,
0: the wrestling superstar. I'm not
2: talking about Kane. I'm talking about another guy like okay. Kane. <laughs> but Kane's another great example yeah. of this. Is, um, you know, he's the if on WWE. He's he's Kane, but in in real life, he's just a a, a very intellectual guy who uh, is, is is gigantic and and shaved head and has big brows too.
0: <laughs> there you go, <laughs> Dan. Any other thoughts?
9: Yeah, total change of topic to uh, the the thing about the guy talking about the mesh networks. I believe he called them.
0: Yeah, this was a, as I recall. Uh, his description was essentially wireless routers connecting together to create a network that is above and uh, separate from, sort of, from the internet. It creates sort of an alternative internet uh, over a, a relatively you know city like area.
9: Yeah. Well. Real quick, why I think that that would be uh, something that would be really a great benefit to look into. And um, the the reason is that ISPs, as we know them today, are completely the result of the government restricting broadband – or not broadband, but internet access, on-ramp access in general. One of my friends owned a ISP, and he had to pay Verizon for the rights to access the internet. Mm -hmm. And Verizon kept raising the rates. And he went out of business. If he was allowed to access uh, the Internet directly instead of having to go through Verizon, he would have been able to get just as good Internet service for, you know, a fifth of the price of what Verizon was charging, honestly. And, I mean, having worked there, I'm not, I'm just, not just talking out of my backside. Sure, all right?
0: sure. But don't you think that the, there's an issue with the mesh networks to where it'll be difficult to connect city to city?
9: Oh, sure, yeah. But once you have a totally free market and there's absolutely no restriction – to you know a group of servers in one city to the mesh network then that wouldn't be such a problem of course then we're talking about getting around the fcc and that's where right
0: we're talking to. about fantasy and it's a great idea i mean i i'm all for more communications the better communications i'm all for that thanks for the call dan i appreciate hearing from you and i'm all for getting rid of the fcc too boy that would be great hour three's coming up you take control free talk live This is Ian. Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? You should. He has a free handgun and five days of firearms training waiting for you. That's right. You can attend five days of world-class gun training at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and secure a 30-state concealed weapon permit, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Now is the time. You and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes. And the millionaire patriot is paying his own money to help you get it. This is real. Thousands have already taken advantage of it, and you should too. Don't miss out. Secure a Front Sight defensive handgun course plus 30-state concealed weapon permit for pennies on the dollar and get your free handgun. Go to FrontSight.com today. That's frontsigh dot com. Go to FrontSight.com for your training and free gun. Again, that's FrontSite.com. This
8: is Free Talk Live. You
0: can bring up what you want by dialing toll-free at 800-259-9231 as we launch here into the third hour of the program. 1-800-259-9231 one 800 Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We're going to go right to your phone calls, and if we get a chance, we'll tell you about the scary stuff happening in Hardin, Montana. First, it's Mitch in New York. You're on free Talk Live with Ian, Sam, and Mark. Hello, Mitch.
13: Hi. I wanted to tell you guys a story about um, my my uh, experience with jury nullification at the federal court.
0: Oh, okay. but before you and do I, that, Mitch, why don't you explain sure. to our listeners what jury nullification is?
13: Sure. Jury nullification is the idea that a jury can render a verdict based not upon the facts of the case, but rather upon the justice of the law, and because a jury cannot be punished for the reasons they render a verdict, this can be done
0: no one can say anything about it. So as a juror, you have the ability to sit on the jury and say, look, I know you caught this guy for dealing marijuana, but I don't think dealing marijuana should be illegal, so not guilty. That's just one example exactly. of how uh, jury nullification can help somebody who is a nonviolent person who is completely peaceful out of a real tough spot. And it's really a duty, not just a, some an option. That's a good yeah. point. In fact, it was uh, very useful to turn over the first prohibition of alcohol as well mm-hmm. as uh, letting slaves off. In the past. So
13: what happened was I had gotten called for jury duty, and the case that I was assigned at federal court was a drug case.
0: Oh, wow. And nice. Yeah.
13: So during the voir dire process, they had uh, individual interviews, and I was one of the people that they decided to interview. And I had indicated that I thought that drug prohibition was a bad law, and that I personally thought it was not something that should be done for whatever reasons I had. And the judge then asked me directly, like, will you judge this solely based upon the facts of the case, and the laws I instructed to you. And I told him, no, what about your nullification? Uh-oh. And then he told me, basically, oh, no, that's illegal.
6: <laughs> <So>
13: I,
0: <laughs> Dismissed. Yeah.
13: yeah, basically. So, yeah, I wasn't chosen to be on the case. Yeah, of course but not. But the question I want to ask of you is that at that point, with the judge telling you, oh, this is blatantly illegal, what would you guys have done?
1: Well, I mean, what can you do? He's going to throw you off because he knows that uh you're not going to convict. Right? And the no judge obligation. is there to to uphold the the state's
2: authority. You know, um I, I kind of look at this as it's 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 essentially getting an elected office to some extent. Um you don't being ex- a judge? No, or being a juror. Being a juror. Gotcha. It's it's a it's an office um and Basically, yes, temporary office. Yeah, and it's basically an appointed office as opposed to an elected office. But if you can imagine being a, uh, a you know a very liberty minded candidate and actually getting elected to office, it it sounds like a, a remote possibility, doesn't it? Mm.
13: That's very true. So, so if, if you, you have w- not even talked about jury nullification, you get please. yourself on the jury.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have worn I wouldn't have talked about uh, jury nullification any more than I would would have worn a cod piece in there.
0: <laughs> yeah but but he answered the questions that essentially put him in the category of somebody they wouldn't have even allowed on even if he hadn't mentioned jury nullification because the the questions that you'd answered kind of indicated to them that you were you know, you had some strong opinions about the the war on
1: drugs right
13: that's that's very true and also the questions that they had asked the whole general group and asked you to read and for a lot of the questions that I answered positively to I guess they kind of Figure that I was someone who might have strong opinions. That's why they decided to interview me personally.
0: Got it. So as far as what you would say in a case like that, where the judge basically just lies to your face and says, "So jury nullification is illegal," uh, you know, you could always ask for his citation on that. You could ask for him to uh, to show show you where he's getting his information because, well, that's not my understanding. Uh, according to the fully informed jury association it's completely legal and in fact a you know uh, one of the most important things uh, the one of the most important functions of this government is it's essentially the fourth branch of government you 've got the executive branch the the uh, the legislative branch, the judicial branch, and then the jury branch, but you don 't get taught that in, in government high school, and many lawyers aren't even taught about jury nullification. I remember we were, we were in a courtroom at one point, and there was one lawyer that was very intrigued by the whole thing. he had no idea
13: yeah. the funny part about it is though, when I had been called for county uh jury, they had played us a video before. We were getting selected as jurors, and they talked about jury nullification in that video.
0: Interesting. Under what context?
13: Yeah. Um, they introduced, like, they talked about why the law existed, that you could not be punished for your verdict, talking about some, uh, like, important case that happened 100 years ago, and the jury was tortured until they gave a guilty verdict, and then saying that this was an important thing of our jury system. And that's what led me to look it up on the Internet after the... the Jury duty, and that's
1: how
0: I found out about Fiji and read all that stuff, huh. and prepared for the
13: next time.
12: Wow, wow that's great.
0: Uh, yeah, sh- you know the best thing, the next best thing you can do besides getting on a jury, and it is tough because they have it the system set up to put the most just docile, obedient, pathetic serfs, the most mm-hmm. statist types of people. <laughs> On, On these the juries.
1: elderly who are hooked into
2: the the government handouts yeah, yeah. Are, are you guys really telling me that you can't keep your your mouth shut for a couple of I'm hours i'm telling you, to you that i would not questions. lie you have to, this, to answer their questions if you man. lie it's perjury
13: yeah, i mean they swear you in beforehand they're like you know you swear to tell the truth etc and if i say yes i'm going to tell the truth that's just my personal if they find out I just that, you're think not that there's a way the to
2: phrase things that make them sound less uh, confrontational. They have
0: some suggestions for what you're talking about, Mark, on the Fully Informed Jury Association website. I don't. It's been okay. a while since I've read that particular brochure, but they do have information about how to be sort of tactful with your answers.
1: But yeah, I don't that, recall the tax. That, that may be the thing to do before actually getting called to go in for jury duty is to go through that. How yeah. can
2: how can they perjure me for saying that um I I, I believe I believe in the drug war and then I change my mind uh shortly Later thereafter. On.
0: Yeah, you could. Well, I see that they could go and they could, you know, find out who you are and they could dig into you. I changed
2: you. my yeah. mind before I walked in the door. the 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 the, uh, the big okay. portal portcullis here of the state. As I passed through it, I felt the power emanating from this this yeah, building, what, and I I decided to change yeah. my libertarian ways and 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 go with the power of the state. And Whatever, then, so I, when I answered your questions properly, contempt
0: of court, thirty
1: days. Tell it to the judge, buddy. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the, the the answer to how they could do that, Mark, is because they can, right? They can do what they want.
2: Yeah, I suppose the, the man in the robe extraordinarily unlikely. The, the man in the robe will do what, what they're going to do is kick you off of the jury um, if that's what they want to do. That's about it.
0: Yep, and that's what they did. So in that case, the next best no, thing you can of do off of the jury. I
2: don't mean keep you from getting on the jury. What if if, oh, if they found out later a down, fib, down the line gotcha. or if you aren't clear, you could be charged with perjury. You, I don't think you uh, – I think you could you be. See, this is the big scary thing, though. It's li- un- entirely unlikely that they would.
0: Maybe that's true. Some people are a little too f- afraid to, uh, to to test those waters, and I don't blame them for that. They're scary people. So the next best thing you can do is to do some jury outreach to the actual jurors. And hope that you can reach them while they are jurors with a message of jury nullification. And that's what we've been doing here in New Hampshire. Here in Keene, we've done it for uh, over a year at this point. In fact, it's coming up again, I think, this Monday. Everybody goes out, not everybody, but a a small group of people because you don't need more than four or six people for this. Uh, You go out and, well, I guess it depends on your courthouse. Here in Keene, there's only one entrance. So we can cover both directions that people can approach with, with four people and we're solid. More than that is fine, too. Uh, but you cover the entrance of the courthouse, you have the Fully Informed Jury Association flyers that you can download uh, or order from Fija.org, F-I-J-A dot org, and you give them out to the jurors. You ask them something like, oh, good morning, man, would you like some free information on your rights as a juror? Oh, sure. And you kind of hold it out to them as you're asking the question. And the holding it out encourages them to reach their hand out to take it, even if they aren't consciously aware of what exactly they're doing. There's sort of that unspoken encouragement there. And we have tremendous success with this here. Now, of course, we don't know if anybody's actually nullified because we don't sit in on all of the jury trials to spend the time that it would take to ascertain that. But nonetheless, people have been appreciative of it. As we've handed these flyers out, and then we've actually had some people uh, tell us later on who might have gotten called back a second month in a row that they appreciated explicitly telling us that they appreciated getting that information. So that's a really effective way to completely short-circuit their entire voir dire process where they're trying to keep jury nullifiers out, where you are essentially reaching out to every single juror that they've selected or that they have the potential of selecting and giving them that information. I thank you for the call. Good luck out there. By the way, the folks up in Concord have been threatened by the sheriff uh, for Passing handing out, out literature. Right, for handing out Fiji information. We've been doing it here for a year in uh, in Keene, so it looks like they're asking for a whole bunch of activists to show up in Concord next time and do it. All More right. coming up. This is Free Talk Live.
4: This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Carnation Evaporated Milk, the cooking milk that makes life richer. For rich and creamy recipes, visit us at thecookingmilk.com. We all have our roster of recipes, but eating the same dishes over and over becomes boring. Instead of throwing them out and starting from scratch, play with different ingredients to give new flavor to old standards. Try Thai spices instead of your usual Italian seasonings. That just might do the trick. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday.
0: Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want by dialing toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it is Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Features including the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens of ladies that have sent us their validated photo. To prove they listened to the show, head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. And see it for yourself. If you are a lady listener, you can get details on how to become part of the Shrine at shrine.freetalklive.com. Are you frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live? Perhaps you're tired of the oppressive state intruding forever, it seems, into your business and personal life. Well, if you knew that thousands of liberty-oriented people were all moving to the same place and getting active to achieve liberty in their lifetime, would you join them? You can. Just join the Free State Project. And move to New Hampshire with us. FreeStateProject.org. That's FreeStateProject.org. As we continue here, a disturbing story. Pretty, really disturbing, actually. uh, Out of Hardin, Montana. William Norman Grigg. Now, uh, Sam, you explained to me that you really have boned up on this particular story, so I'm going to just share what Will Grigg has to say, and then you can fill in any gaps, because uh, William Norman Grigg is really Johnny on the spot when it comes to police state stories. Uh, Over at LewRockwell.com, he's been paying very, very close attention for a long time on the rise of the police state and the the militarization of the American police and, and how just dangerous this is to American liberty. And so he says, if you build it, they will come. And that would appear to be the business plan of an enigmatic California company called American Police Force, or APF, which appears to be effectively taking over the town of Hardin, Montana. The it in question is a large jail facility outside Hardin, Montana that was built several years ago, but thus far remains unused. They refers to prisoners to fill said jail, a 114,000-square-foot, 464-bed facility. Now, Mark, you were in prison in Florida for nine years. How many people were in the prison? You went to a few of them, I guess, right? thousand. A thousand? So not as big as Florida prisons, but then again, this is Montana, right? True. 464 beds. Now, the APF, the American Police Force, has yet to become firmly established in Hardin, population 3,400, But the company's representatives are confident that the place, meaning the jail, would start filling up by 2010. At present, the firm is said to be doing market research, an ominous prospect, given that it's in the business of detention. And it has even spoken about the possibility of expanding the jail within a few years. Say, that is good news, at least for the people on the APF's payroll. Since last Thursday, when company personnel rolled into town in a convoy of black Mercedes SUVs embossed with seals advertising a non-existent city of Hardin Police Department. Of course, then again, how existent is it compared to other police departments? I mean, they are all just men with guns, right? The company's payroll has increased by at least one and possibly two key local figures. The first to be snapped up was Becky Shea, a former Billings Gazette reporter whose beat included the Hardin Jail. Within a day of APF's arrival, she was hired away from the newspaper to serve as a a $60,000-a-year spokesperson for the company, which is a pretty hefty salary increase for a local reporter in a small Montana town. So quickly and slickly was this career change made that Shea's editor didn't even know she'd talked with APF about the position. Also in discussions with APF is Carrie Smith, a finalist in Hardin's mayoral race and the wife of Greg Smith, the executive director of the Two Rivers Authority, or TRA. The TRA is Hardin's Economic Development Agency, which issued $27 million in bonds to build the jail as a public works project. So that's uh, the Two Rivers Authority obviously tied in with the government, one of those sort of corporation front groups that they create to allow them to do things that the government might not otherwise be authorized to do. And uh, in what must be the most ill-conceived piece of civic boosterism ever to assault my senses, the TRA's webpage, Two Rivers Authority's webpage, presents the hardened jail. That's a structure intended to derive people of their freedom now, remember, as a poetic expression of a cherished dream. A YouTube video proudly displays slides of the jail set to the unbearable strains of Russell Watson's wretched ballad, Faith of the Heart which is the musical accompaniment heard on the TRA's Detention Center webpage. There's nothing quite like an effeminate power ballad to capture the pure aesthetic grace of a detention camp ringed by barbed wire. Apparently, the long road to building that jail didn't end in prosperity. Since the Finnish jails remained empty, the bonds have gone into default. At one point, Hardin City government indicated it would accept relocated detainees from Gitmo, this prompted a legal battle between the city and the Montana state government. Last March, APF, the American Police Force, was incorporated in California. Last March, it was. Uh, shortly thereafter, it began talks with Hardin city officials and the uh, TRA. City officials eventually announced an agreement with the mysterious firm that would bring in $2.6 million for the use of the jail in addition to an investment of $23 million to build a new training facility for military and police on the very same TRA-owned property. Now, the deal, which was publicly announced, although the specifics were never publicly disclosed, is supposedly a cornucopia of civic benefits. New computers for the schools, a homeless shelter, a fleet of Mercedes patrol cars for the envisioned city police force, donations to the local food pantry, an animal shelter, gold-plated fixtures for the mayor's executive washroom. Okay, I made that last one up, I think, says Grig. TRA Executive Director Greg Smith, whose wife is in discussions for a position with the American Police Force, helped negotiate the deal. Immediately after it was finished, he was put on administrative leave and went to ground. What appears to be happening here, and until relevant details are pried out by the, of the prehensile grip of the people running things we can't know for sure, is nothing less than a corporatist-style military coup, the takeover of a small town in Montana by a politically connected, federally subsidized paramilitary organization. At a press conference a few days ago, Becky Shea grandly announced that the decision is the name of the parent. Co- the, the decision is the name of the parent company will not be released. Suspicions were immediately aroused that APF, the American Police Force, is a tentacle of the corporatist mercenary company formerly known as Blackwater, but now doing business under the odd name of Z. However, a press spokesman for Z informed Pro Libertat, uh, which is uh, Will Griggs' blog that we have no connection to that company and have never heard of it prior to recent developments in Montana. Hardin may well be the first of many economically devastated communities to be given a lifeline by the burgeoning military homeland security prison industrial complex. Lifelines of that kind can quickly become nooses. So the story there is that this some sort of mysterious company has come into town and decided to take over a jail that the town brilliantly decided to build and failed about you know now, failed in building.
1: Now, how big would you guys guess having read this story, the 400-bed jail, knowing the one here in Keene that for a town of 25,000 what's that a couple thou- a couple has, hundred beds there? 200 beds, yeah, right. 2 250. you 250. an acreage? How big is this town? How many people do you think live in Harding, Montana?
0: Well, we already gave the numbers, sorry. Oh, know. I
2: I I don't remember it, but 2, I would 500, guess 500, isn't it? What do you want to guess, Mark? Well, if it's, is it a jail or is it a prison? This uh, is a detention it's up facility. For sale. It's a detention well, facility. It's up for rent for $2
1: million a
2: year. They could have invested in it with the, with the hopes of bringing in federal prisoners and all kinds of things like that or state prisoners. So it, it may not, it not have been intended as a county jail to, right. to house the people from the you know, surrounding area. But now you've got a
0: corporation that's running a police force uh, in the town of Hardin. And so you can bet they'll be looking to round some, pe- you know, some homeless people up and fill up the jail here. More coming up. We'll uh, explain a little bit more because, Sam, I know you know more about this. It's Free Talk Live.
4: Gun Day, Gun Day, Gun Day. Three days to exercise your Second Amendment rights for only $10 per person. October 9th, 10th, and 11th at Knob Creek Gun Range. The world's largest machine gun shooting military gun show is fun for the whole family. With machine guns and flamethrowers for rent, helicopter rides, and over 800 tables showcasing handguns, rifles, shotguns, and more. Opens at 9 a.m. Call 502-922-4457 or visit knobcreekrange.com. That's K-N-O-B, creekrange.com.
0: Free Talk Live, you can bring up what you want by dialing toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us on our website and get signed up for the updates. Go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com.
2: SACL-CAI, they have a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. SACL CAI.
0: All right, so we're talking about this story out of Hardin, Montana, a small town of 3,600 people that decided to go ahead and build themselves a 464-bed facility, 114,000 square feet uh, detention facility, they expected that it was going to fill up full of poor souls, and it didn't. It uh, didn't work out for them because, well, governments aren't very good at, at uh, you know estimating economic demand and that sort of thing, even though they are kind of in charge of who gets to go into these facilities. So regardless of the reason why it didn't work, it didn't work out, and so they offered it up uh, to a mysterious company that apparently is not bothering to name itself – uh, some people are suggesting it's Blackwater or one of their divisions or some sort of subsidiary of, uh, of Blackwater, but they are play, they're paying $2.6 million for the use of the jail, and you said that's that's on a yearly basis, mm-hmm. uh, Sam, now, and also investing $23 million to build a bunch of uh, new stuff, including a training facility for the military and the police and some other giveaways to the, the local bureaucracies. And according to Will Gregg at com, he's saying that it looks like what might be happening here is a takeover of a small town in Montana by a politically connected, federally subsidized paramilitary organization. They've formed a company called the American Police Force, and they've been strutting around town in Hardin as though they are the cops.
1: Yeah, and I heard it when the story broke. I uh, went and listened to the Alex Jones show, figuring he'd be doing a lot of coverage on this. And he had actually hopped on a plane and flew out there and rode around with this reporter lady who's been hired to be the spokesperson for this organization in one of those black Mercedes. Uh, they have since been backtracking. There were stickers on the window that were the signs of uh, oh, a Serbian military group who is the, the lead guy that's heading this up that showed up in a, at a city council meeting in a police uniform, it apparently has civil action Uh, that he's lost he owes over two million dollars in civil suits that he's not paid he's been convicted of over i think it's eight felonies Uh, and these are the people that they're hiring to run the jails Uh, they talked to people that were that run the hotels in the town of harding again you know twenty five hundred people is a small town Um, and they've said that they've had people coming in there with foreign accents paying in cash over the last year uh, they've been conducting training exercises off in the hills, out in the back. So this may actually be one of the first FEMA camps that, you know, you hear about. I don't know if it is for real or not, but it, it's very, very suspicious that you've got this guy who is not an American citizen or is paramilitary. Uh, he's working with other mercenaries from other countries. They're paying Well, it wouldn't cash. matter
0: to me if he was from California. I mean, it... Mm-hmm. it Look, when we talk about the government and how they are just generally awful at everything they do, and of course the justice system is a a joke and it's it's an embarrassment and and lots of innocent people, people who have never harmed others, are, are filling up jail cells. And that's why a lot of new jails are being built, is to make room for new marijuana smokers and and other people that have been possessing chemicals and things like that to be locked up in so the government bureaucracies can collect all kinds of money, and their buddies in the private uh, the private prison industry can also collect all kinds of money. It's really just a big scam. I mean, the entire system is a scam, and so this might just be another extension of that. I think to jump to the conclusion that it's a FEMA camp is, well, jumping to a conclusion, but what it is is it's pretty scary. Having a private company take over government policing doesn't make me feel any better. If you've got private agents out there enforcing the same bad laws that the government agents are, that just means they'll be doing a better job at enforcing bad laws. But That's see, my concern
1: here. But, but see, here's what's going on in the background, Ian, is you've got people like, what's the um, the soldiers signing up to Oath Keepers? Mm-hmm. You've got folks like Oath Keepers. They're they're in there saying, you know, we're not going to enforce unconstitutional laws. And they're starting to stand up to their authorities. You, you've got police who are doing the same thing. And the I think the government, if they're going to try and implement some kind of martial law, that uh you know, they they've come to the understanding that it's probably the police force, they may get some resistance out of the local police force because people are starting to wake up. They're trying to force this vaccination on healthcare workers and they're mm-hmm. saying no. They're threatening them Well, if you don't take the vaccination, we're going to fire you. Right. So their plan to sort of, you know, force the flu on everybody, force all of these rules. You've got the census workers going out and getting GPS locations of people's front doors. I mean, this is all pretty scary stuff. And and this may be the federal government's answer to okay, how do we enforce martial law? How do we get people in here that will do whatever it takes, if, even if it means shooting American citizens? I think you're right to, I, to make this happen.
0: I think your observations are astute there because, and I'm glad you brought that up. That never even crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. The idea that the people that are becoming police officers and and military members. Sure, there's some sadists, there's some sickos that are, that are joining those organizations, no doubt about it, the power attracts those people, but yep. you're right, they are swearing an oath to the Constitution and to you know supposedly do the right thing, but if you were to form a private company, in this case the American police force as they're calling it, you form this private company, you don't need an oath. You're nope. hired on by the government to perform the task of running the prison or being the police for hard. Montana. Not even by
1: the government, by the subcontractor who's got a no-bid contract with the government that, you know, has been... There's video of these people driving around in Iraq, just shooting out the
2: back of an uh, Oh, sure, an SUV. I've seen that. It's, yeah, it's awful. It is sick. But, um, I, but, I I hadn't uh, guessed this uh, particular aspect of it. I hadn't had considered that. But they haven't but, sworn that oath, you
0: know. Yeah. They, so there there is no oath to keep there beyond but, just their their employment contract.
1: And they don't know these people in Montana. They would they, they, if if somebody's shooting at them, they're it's not going to. They're not going to think for a second that wait a minute, should I shoot on these American citizens that I'm telling to stay in their homes and don't leave or, or whatever it is that they're they end up doing
0: you know there, there's been concern in kind of the conspiracy theory crowd and to their credit they've been pretty accurate on the whole police state yeah. uh their their predictions about the police state as far as their explanations for what happened in the past of certain events i'll write all that off it doesn't matter to me this matters to me because it's happening right now and it's something that we're, we're dealing with now uh but one of the things that they've uh, that they've said about the Foreign troops, right? There's always been these kind of scare stories about foreign troops are coming here. The UN, they're gonna, you know, use these foreign troops because they don't, they're not Americans, so they don't care. And I don't know if there are really foreign troops in the United States, but it sounds to me like from the observations you were talking about that there are foreign uh, gentlemen that are that are coming in to work for these private security companies, mm-hmm. and they don't have those connections. They don't have a family in the area. They they. They don't care. You know, they they're there to
2: get that paycheck. If they are hired on by a private company, do they not have sovereign immunity then? Can well, they be sh- Sure they do. They they in Iraq it was
1: You know, they were trying to figure out, well, are these guys under Iraqi law or are they under military law? And the government came back and said, well, neither, because they're private contractors. What cops are going to go arrest them?
0: I mean, you've got a private company that's been hired by the government to call themselves American police force to go around arresting people and and filling up a prison. What sheriff is going to
1: come in there and start arresting the American police force.
2: Well, they, it could be the sheriff of that county. You
1: never know. Well, they've I mean, got machine guns. Really? They're, they're driving Mercedes. They probably have black helicopters. You know,
2: the whole works here. The sheriff can uh, call the governor and get the, uh, the, the, the uh, yeah. Montana National Guard in there. You think? They you could. Th- do you think they're going to do that? I don't know what they're going a, to do. I have no idea. I, I wouldn't trust any elected official to do anything ever.
0: Yeah. You you go against the AFP and you'll get your funding pulled. How about that? You want that, Sheriff? You want to pull you, your funding? How can you pull the funding of the Sheriff? From whom? These the Sheriffs are getting money from the federal government all over the place. Okay. They're getting all kinds of anti-terrorism money might, and, yeah. and drug war money. I mean, the money just right here in our very own Keene. They just approved a federal grant. For new police officers. Yep. So if it weren't for the federal government, then there wouldn't be two new cops on the squad around here.
2: What about if somebody stands up to the police and uh, then gets a trial out of the deal? Then um, then it has to be in front of a jury as to whether or not they've done anything wrong. I mean, it. I,
1: you know how good they are at getting this stuff kicked out for whatever reason they can come up with. You could
2: smoke one of these people, you'd probably get a trial.
1: 1-800-259-9231,
0: a trial in their courts. True. You can bring up what you want. Your thoughts on this or anything you want. It is Free Talk Live.
4: The second annual Connecticut Liberty Forum is coming October 17th. Join Congresswoman Michelle Bachman, We the People Foundation founder Bob Schultz, author James Perloff, the Campaign for Liberty's Jim and more discussing ways to protect our freedom. The Connecticut Liberty Forum, October 17th from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Sheraton Hotel in Windsor Locks. Visit NHELD.com for more information or call 860-354-3590. That's 860-354-3590.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free. They include live streams, broadband version, dial-up version, all free, and a webcam at listen.freetalklive.com. Oh, and the brand-new Free Talk Live Listen lines. The numbers for that uh, will allow you to contact or to tune into Free Talk Live over any cell phone or, or landline phone, any phone that can dial long distance.
2: That number is there for you at listen.freetalklive.com as well. Do you hate making those extra trips to carry in the grocery bags? For the, last, yes. <laughs> for the last few months at my house, we've been using the TOTASAC. They're a handle made of 100% recycled materials right here in the United States. It is designed to simplify all kinds of carrying tasks. Go to TOTASAC.com, that's T-O-T-A-S-A-K.com, and buy a family pack today. TOTASAC, they, they carry more than you can, a lot more.
0: All right, we're going to continue with your phone calls and start with Jeremy in Rhode Island. You're on Free Talk Live, Jeremy. Jeremy, you're on the hey, air. Ian.
2: Hey, what's Mark, on your mind?
10: Sam. Um, okay. I want to touch upon the mesh networks you guys were talking about the other night. Yes, sir. Um, the mesh networks could be useful um, even now, even with just within a city, if the government decides to cut off the Internet. Because then you, you have a whole citywide intranet to allow free flow of information
0: yeah you're talking about this wi fi network that's sort of above and and separate from but also connected to the actual internet and it's an interesting idea I fully support it
10: yeah um the other thing I wanted to mention um I had a conversation with a uh socialist, he had some club at a university, but apparently they don't meet because there's not enough members um but she couldn't get over the difference between corporatism and capitalism. Her argument was that capitalism will inevitably lead all, every single time to corporations and government in bed. So instead of attacking the illness, the solution is that the workers will just own the means of production.
1: It sounds nice. Now, how did you address that with her?
10: Um, I, I asked her how how the owners would end up basically with that, um, the argument you guys had, Um, with another caller, which is, you know, I own a, I own a, um, I own a bike shop. How, how are you going to, you know, make the own, how, make the, uh, the workers own it?
1: Yeah.
12: And and she
10: couldn't really, she didn't really address that. And basically, the argument was, well, we just don't see eye to eye.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of, I think a lot of people see the corporations that are out there today, some of the, as large as they have grown and as much, control and influence they hold over people's lives the way they control the media and so forth and they think you know corporate uh, what is it capitalism is bad period and i think the way i try and address it is by pointing out that look do you understand that a corporation is a file folder that this the government is giving rights to in order to shield the owners from their actions from any kind of consequences of their actions
10: yeah well um, and her argument for why why socialism didn't work with the Soviet Union is that, well, the whole world wasn't socialist. So apparently, for oh. it to work for socialism to work, we need to plunge the whole world into a dark wow. age,
12: and
0: Utopia. then realize
10: it doesn't work. <laughs> and um, hey, I want you guys to enjoy the cancel when they send you there. The, uh, what
2: <laughs> the camps? Um, oh, you know, yeah. here's here's they're my thing.
10: They're specifically for you guys and the STL listeners. So if you're listening to this, turn this off because the government knows you're listening. List- you're listening.
2: <laughs> Very possible that the government listens. I, you know, George Bush has called into the show, so we know they listen. Um, the the thing I have here is why push this terminology capitalism on this woman? It's I agree. clear that she's got the. Her, oh, I didn't. I, I I said, well, what's wrong with people acting on a voluntary basis? Did Why you I use just, the term? You didn't use the term capitalism prior to that.
10: I had, yeah, had used the term capitalism. But I explained to her capitalism is just people interacting on a voluntary basis.
2: Th- that's what your yeah. definition of it is, but not to her. Her definition is Robert Barons. Devil, yeah,
10: but, disease. What's but your definition of capitalism? What's corporatism? You know what I mean, like. The sheer ignorance was just kind of amazing.
2: Well, you know, I, I don't know whether it matters whether or not uh, they're, they're ignorant. They've got an opinion. Oh, are you? And um, it, it just, you know, I, I don't, I, that, I think it's a dead term that one should, uh, should get rid of. I, I have a T-shirt that says capitalism written like it says Coca-Cola. I love it. I enjoy it. But at the same time, I just think it, it, it irks the crap out of some people.
0: Yeah, I would suggest and it makes them for
2: bad converts.
0: Right. I, I agree with Mark's position on that. I would suggest that instead of embracing capitalism, that you just embrace the free market. Right. And explain how it is that in the free market you can have employee-owned businesses, that in the free market you can have a top-down st- uh, management structure. In the free market you can have a co-op. You can have various different – you can have a commune. You can have various different sorts of, uh, of organizational structures, and you can have
1: sole proprietorships or whatever.
0: Uh, no, works. we
10: can't have that. We can't have that because the whole world has to be social.
1: Right. Well, if that's robot. where you're
10: at, then
0: you you can't go any further. I mean,
10: if then, you're at, yeah. then you
1: may want to go from
2: there to the gun in the room to show, look, you know, this yeah, is what gun you're gun. advocating.
0: Right. What if I don't want
2: to be a socialist? There, you need to explain to her in order to get what you want, what you need is an army of men in jackboots with machine guns to do what you want them to do because people are not going to do what you want them to do. There's no way you're going to get people on board. I'm one of them. Right. What are you going to do to me? How many people with guns are you going to send to my house to hurt my family? Don't forget, I got a baby.
0: Yeah. Make it personal. Make her make her realize, you know, bring her to the point where she will realize that she is advocating violence against you and that'll give her something to think about. She's not going to she's not going to get down on bended knee and thank you at that moment for uh, opening her eyes up. It's going to take a while. She's going to have to the gears are going to have to grind a little bit and it's possible that she'll just completely reject everything that you say sure. and then go, you know, go home and forget about the conversation. But at least you gave it a, your best shot. Thanks for the call. I appreciate the story and let us know as it develops if you continue having said conversations. 800-259-9231. Let's go to Dave in Montana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey Dave.
11: Hey, how you doing? Hey. hey, that hardin place is about real close to where uh, Custer got whacked at. Mm. <laughs> it's on the Crow Indian Reservation, which I think is playing into the game a little bit. What do you mean? I don't. They don't. I think uh, it might be on federal land or something yeah, like that. Yeah, because
1: it was part of the reservation. It's uh, right. some it's kind of there's exception. But apparently, the prison is not on the the reservation. It's just on the other side of the border. Is what is the last fact that factoid that I heard? Well, they
0: could just extend the reservation
1: out. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> won't stop them.
11: And it's been a point of uh, you know discussion here on uh, talk radio for over a year, and it fell through. What they wanted to do, they wanted to take uh, prisoners from other states, but then. Uh, just two weeks ago, they reported that it was going to be an international police training facility, and later on, they were going to get inmates.
9: So.
0: Sounds like a jolly old time. Thank you, Dave, for <laughs> yeah. I appreciate hearing from you. <laughs> Let's go to Mike in Connecticut. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mike. Mike in Connecticut going once. Mike in Connecticut going twice. 800-259-9231, that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So it's it's definitely an ominous sign. I mean, the idea that some mysterious company that doesn't want to reveal itself I mean, you want to talk about open government? It's it's hard enough to get information out of the government. This subsidiary group, this AFP, the American Police Force, that's running around pretending like they are the government police in the uh, the town of of Hardin, Montana, not even admitting to who is their owning company, who their parent company is. Yeah, not even interested in the appearance
1: of, uh, of openness. And the, and the fact that they have to bring these people in because they're worried about the locals sort of revolting against the federal government. Uh, shows that what we're doing is working. Getting the the ideas of liberty out to people in time for them to realize for themselves that hey, this is kind of creating a police state, and this this isn't what this country was supposedly founded on. Um, I, I think that has some success, and there's there's it gives hope to me.
0: 800-259-9231. Also some good news here in Keene, New Hampshire. We've gotten some coverage by the folks over at the Drug Reform Coordination Network. Uh, on their weekly Drug War Chronicle, they have covered the uh, marijuana daily 420 protests. The, or the, the I prefer to call them celebrations, cannabis celebrations that continue to go on here in Keene, New Hampshire, have spread now to uh, to Manchester. And so far, all this week, no arrests. What a wonderful success these have been.
2: And and it's been quiet down there, too. I very mean, very peaceful. Well, I'd like to point out that uh, you know while, while you're tooting the horn about success, the uh, the, the the provision that was going to come from the city council today was uh, shot down. That the um, a couple of city councilors uh, it, apparently at least are blaming what their their vo- no vote on this on the people that are out there um, you know smoking pots. So, oh, I
0: didn't hear that. I didn't. I read the story
2: about it. and I didn't see that. You that know, that's the inside info. What
1: that. it seems like to me is the politicians don't want to get together and send a representative letter. So when it comes. Comes to their own lives, they want to represent themselves. Thank you very much. It's only you that they want to control and tell you what to
2: do. Hey, look, I'm not on their side. I'm just yeah, saying. I don't
0: care what the politicians do. It's been a success. People are out there smoking cannabis in public on a daily basis, and the cops are leaving them alone. It's legal at 420 in Keene and Central Square. We'll see you tomorrow night at FreetalkLive.com.
4: As a small business owner, you know that communication between clients and employees is essential to your company's success. Email is part of your company's DNA, but you didn't get into business to manage email. It's time to evolve with DNAmail.com. Get Microsoft Exchange hosted email services with free activation and setup, 24-7 support, and 99.99% guaranteed uptime, all starting at 895 a month. DNA Mail even supports your BlackBerry and iPhone and offers a free Microsoft SharePoint internet portal to keep everyone connected. Look, you know what it costs to set up an email system. Don't blow your budget on fighting viruses and having an IT specialist on call. Save time and money with dnamail.com. Every standard or unlimited exchange mailbox will get a free copy of Microsoft Outlook 2007 or Entourage 2008. Call us at 800-628-3204. That's 800-628-3204. Or visit dnamail.com and join the evolution.